When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reveille, reveille, donks. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. It is Monday, July 18th, 2022, and MK is back in studio. Hello, everyone. How are you doing on this uh on this Monday, which I already kind of said it was Monday. Hi, uh, my name is Luke Thomas. I am one half of your hosting duo. I join you in the same place as my brethren right here to my left, the King of Connecticut. It's Brian Campbell. What's up, BC? Uh, back in person, Luke. I'm doing great. Thank you. Back where we belong, and I think people will find out today, back with a bang. Back you know with a bang, like bang energy drink. Uh, we have a lot to get to today. Let's which, see. Which the staff was very, I mean, shout out to Carly. The staff yes. prepared your way. You know what I mean? Like, but if they were really sharp, they would have gotten me the rain energy drink. Bang is my backup. You know what I'm saying? Bang is your road bitch. <laughs> Bang is my groupie. Not really the thing I go to first. <laughs> In any event, we have a lot to get to get to today. Of course, UFC on ABC3 will be the focus, plus Ryan Garcia. getting. Oh, work. he's back, dude. Dude, he looked good. Woo! He looked really, really sharp on Saturday on DAZN. So we'll talk about that. Plus, we have your DMs. I am told we have an epic collection of BC's feces today. <laughs> with that with that 1978 billiards hall smokers laugh yeah. that you have. I think uh, I think I got the whooping cough is what woo. I got. Yeah. Woo. Uh, right. Did you have a good weekend? You know I did. Uh my wife's away on business, but you know, it was it was the dads, it was the sons, you know, we just broke out, okay? I know I saw your very disparaging movie review. I cannot believe you like that, dude. I I'm did shocked. Tell you, I, I went in there being like, okay, this is gonna be in reference to okay. what is it called? Thor uh, for Love and Love something? and Thunder. Yeah. I have no reference point. I do not like superhero right, movies. Right. I don't watch them. But taking your son, going to the IMAX. Okay, I didn't get to IMAX. I went to the regular. You know, uh, just a lot of candy and then getting the icy on top of it. And then when you order the icy, telling the lady, look, I need it savage style. I need all of it. I need it. I need, I need the I need the bukkake bowl. Like, just, you know what I mean? Just whatever. It was a great time out. I'm not saying the movie was overly uh, award-winning. Yeah. But it had big names. It I don't, had big names. If, so for me, taking a test drive of that type of movie, I was like, all right, Dude, I, that's I the, could it's be. It's by far the worst Thor movie. But is, the, it the equi- the- is it the same thing, though, as people who didn't grow up watching episodes four, five, and six of Star Wars, and then they were around in the late 90s, and they stumbled into the freaking Phantom Menace and the damn second one that sucked, and they're like, oh, these are pretty damn good. A little you bit. Know? It's a little Anybody bit. who liked the new Thor movie is probably someone who told you that Matrix 3 was the best of the three Matrixes. Yes, yes. Matrices, I should say. Uh, it's a terrible movie, in part because... Okay, the Guns N' Roses stuff was pretty great. I'll give them that. The, the cameos Guns were good, right? The, the cameo, Russell, Russell Crowe Crow was, they made the orgy joke 50,000 okay, times. But Matt and it wasn't even that good the first Melissa time. Melissa McCarthy, I mean, there was, there was that was, it was all right. It was, dude, it was like a bad SNL sketch that wouldn't end. And I think that's why I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, I mean, it's a, it, yeah. I gotta say, Thor Ragnarok is a million times better. A, cameraman's right. nodding his head, right? It's a million times I did ask my son yesterday, better. "What's the best movie you've ever seen in a theater?" Okay, right? 
He said Thor Love and Thunder. He said, well, Dad, the, your son he goes, is he goes the combination things. of the IMAX and hanging out with you, it was a moment. Oh, so dude. don't Mr. He-Boss this movie right now. Walk, because I almost walked out of the theater. I'll I was like, I didn't here. I will say this. I'll say, I'll say two why, things. Because oh, they, they empowered the woman, is that why? No, no. Because she didn't make you a Although, sandwich? Did, did, did you buy that romance at all? It was the most forced It was better than her and Hayden Christensen in episode two. That ain't saying much. That ain't saying much. I'll say two things in defense of that movie. One, Christian Bale is awesome. Dude, he hammered out yeah. that Satan role. Christian I mean, Bale is awesome. Yeah. He's awesome. I, he, he's good in everything, but he's good in this too. The other one I'll say is the worst movie I saw over the weekend was not Thor Love and Thunder. There you go. Although it fucking sucked. No, it did not suck. Okay, but no, seriously. It's really bad, dude. That dialogue was shit. The action was not that great. I, again, the I plot, have nothing to compare the it to. The plot was all, all right, over What do the I place. watch next? If I'm just tiptoeing into this arena, what do I watch next? Tell me. Tell me the movie. Did you see Infinity War and Endgame? I don't watch that bullshit. No, no, no. Like the Avengers. Infinity no, War. I ain't seen any of the Guardians. Oh, well, I don't watch Spider-Man. So Spider here's my biggest thing. You I, re I, actually, with Tobey I actually, actually rewatched Infinity War after uh, this new Thor movie because I was like, I don't remember him and the Guardians interacting this way. The humor in Infinity War is much. They turned Thor into some like bumbling fucking nerd. They did. It was a little That's bit like. That's not who he is. Remember dude. they turned Luke Skywalker into a bitch in episode yes. eight? It kind of reminds you of that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But here's what I'll say. The worst movie I saw over the weekend, as bad as Thor is, and don't let anyone tell you it's good. It's bad. It's pretty good. It's pretty terrible. The new Jurassic Park. Yeah, I'm not literally every time if they, they should have that theater in one, uh, they should have that movie in one theater. And when everyone walks out, the director should just take turns spitting in every audience <laughs> member's face. You should I have to cannot, watch that while you get a drive-through uh, prostate check. I, is I, that what you're I, 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 honestly, I'm dead serious. I cannot believe that didn't go straight to DVD. It is. Wow. It is in Vegas Thor, Thor is just a level? Thor is just a really bad movie. The new Jurassic Park is unbearably awful. Like is I Jeff was Gold like, what the fuck? It? Yeah, dude. But like in the worst oh, way. Oh boy. In the worst See, way. See, I've never seen the first one. I've never seen any of them, Luke. You didn't read the book either? <sighs> books. I read though. I read all of my friends' books. You know what books are when you run for when you weren't on a toilet paper, Luke? That's what books are. Phone right? books in Turkey. Books are to hold up the bottom of my bed. Right. Yes. We have a lot to get to today, including this coffee here. So you can give us a follow on all the socials <clears> down there. Happy to be back in studio. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Give us a thumbs up and subscribe on YouTube and all that shit. We did do two post-fight shows for you guys this weekend on non-pay-per-view mm -hmm. events. Mm -hmm. He did you for Ryan Garcia. Yeah. I got you for UFC and ABC3. So thanks for folks who watched that. We're going to sort of put it all together here on today's show. And uh, BC, extra credit. Else? We got a big extra credit. Coming extra out. credit coming out today. We're as well. also getting Chuck Mendenhall in this building a little bit later. You won't mm -hmm. see it for a little bit, but it's coming. Okay. Indeed. So we have a lot to get to today. Uh, you can stream Showtime.com, 30-day free trial. If you like it, you can keep it. If not, you can bounce. You can get shirts like this. Yeah, get that. at MorningCombat.store. There you go. Uh, I don't know if we have the new stuff that you had requested. No, we didn't get the real talk. But how about our? Uh, how about our, our our brethren over there at Rustic Tribal Design who have been outfitting some of our. You know, backdrops in here. I mean, look, this, dude, that this is, is, you know, this is. Did they give? Did they engrave the they glass? Didn't, they didn't go that far, but uh, okay. Well, they kind of. We can keep our alcohol. We can keep our. our uh, you can keep your whole array of Delta Eight and uh, vapes back there. I know so, it's uh, the best part is people send me drinking paraphernalia, but now that I really only drink during live shows is really the yeah, only time and, uh, much, yeah. on the road. But no, I don't really drink that much anymore. So as you can tell, I suppose. But I appreciate them just the but, same. But you know, great to be back. But no, Jake today. What? 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 Yeah, Jake is, you know, well, he's, no one ever accused him of being the hardest worker in the room. Oh, come on. You know what I'm saying? Come on. Hopefully, uh, he might right. have a thing. We'll see. If you're ready to get going, I am as well, good. So, are you ready to kick things off? I love this show. I love doing this show in person, dude. It's the best show on earth. I really do. It's great. Yeah. All right, with that in mind, let's start with topic number one. Can't wait to get his take on things because obviously I did the post fight show. But let's start with the main event of UFC on ABC3. Yair Rodriguez 
earns the win over Brian Ortega via TKO injury. A sort of a, a, an unfortunate circumstance in the way that it happened. BC, here's the question for you. Yeah. Okay, it's a fair win because this is the way things go. Unfortunate, but fair. Yeah, a lot of people saying if you're going to counter grapple and, and yank and you force that injury. It's it, real. It's, it's real. fair. But the question is not that. The question is what did you learn from this bout? I learned something first and foremost that will not be your number one of what you learned, but maybe it injected the fuels inside of me. We said coming in this could be, you know, fight of the night, fight of the year, fight of my lifetime. I learned that for the very small dose that we ended up getting between these two, they're freaking made for each other. Luke, I felt like, and you could tell me I was, you know, uh, you know, high on the romanticism of the moment. I felt like we were on our way to an action classic. I felt like we were on our way to something special. I know Yair got the better overall of the exchanges until the fight stopped, but I felt like it was going to be another one of those type of fights. And you know what? I'm finally coming around on who Brian Ortega is. Always one of my favorite fighters. Maybe at times I get a little too extra critical of him because I see the flashes of greatness. You want to see greatness across the board. But I think I realized in this fight, which ended in an unfortunate setback, and of course, even though they both want to do a rematch, who knows how long, right? Ortega will be out and have to recover from this. He may not be the fighter that sometimes we think he should be in terms of climbing the rankings and going after the belt. He's more of an artist, Luke. And you know what he makes? Fucking dramatic, amazing, emotionally moving fights. And that there are just some of those superstars who scrawl across our timeline every once in a while who can do that. And maybe they don't always max out, or maybe this is them maxing out. Like, is Brian Ortega underrated or overrated? I can't figure it out which one it is, actually. Well, I can't figure it out whether he's an underachiever or an overachiever is really what I'm trying to say. But either way, he authors, and this one, of course, got taken from us, but he authors just amazing theater. So in the end, what did I learn? You want me to tell you I learned that Yair was the better of the two for what we did see and that he should advance to a title shot, whether that's let's wait out Volkanovski or let's get creative and go somewhere else. But I ended up coming out of here going, Maybe I don't need to be as hard on Brian Ortega because I love him. Because this is who he is, Luke. I mean, some people say, hey, BC, this show's pretty damn great. You Here we awards. go, self-referential. But what if you bring in the boxing version of BC to these <laughs> MMA talks that we have in here? This show could be next level. I, I, I can't, Luke. I got to art. Yeah, you do have to art. I, 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 I'm in mostly agreement with you. The thing that sort of stu stood out to me was... You were right. For what we saw, Yair got the better. There was the takedown at the end, which then the armbar from Yair was attempted, and it caused the shoulder injury. But he finally got a takedown after a big second attempt. But the thing was, what did we say on Friday was going to happen? We said, and this didn't take a genius to predict, you knew that the dynamic striking of Yair was probably going to be better than the sort of relatively, compared to Yair, a little more conventional striking of Brian Ortega. That played out true. You knew he was going to struggle with the takedowns. You knew that was true. And you knew Brian Ortega had a hell of a chin, and he got tagged with some huge shots and just kind of like, you know, rolled his head back like a cyborg and then kept going. All of those things played out. The conclusion that, well, Yair showed us better stuff for the amount of time that we have, I think is true. It doesn't mean he was going to win the fight. It 100%. That is the takeaway. Yeah. Because Brian <clears throat> Ortega often gets hit, stole on, beaten up, and then just from the jaws of defeat finds a way to absolutely massacre guys. Plus, the fact that the first takedown he couldn't quite get, but the second sort of overall attempt he did. Now, that I think that shoulder played a part because he was moving on that same side. So I wonder if that at all played a role into – obviously, yeah, you're pulling on it made the biggest difference. But, you know, you have to wonder what, what that might have done. But he did get the takedown, so you're wondering, wow, 
if Ortega clearly learned from the Max Holloway fight that this was something that he was going to have to pursue, yes. and he did. Dude, to me, they said they want to rematch each other again under title circumstances. I hope we can find a way to get there because I yeah. will say this. I absolutely want to see that fight again whenever it it's Bruin. appropriate. It was Bruin. It was going to be something special. I completely agree, Damn. and it is so unfortunate that it changed the way that it did. However, I said this on my post-fight show, and I'd love to get your reaction. Again, making it self-referential. I had a shoulder injury. I had to get this one surgically repaired in 2009. And one of the ways that they do that is they actually oh, – put the camera on him. Look at his stupid face. Look at <laughs> what is, I, I can't times, look in and There are times when I'm like, uh, my family and kid were uh, burned in a house fire. <laughs> and I'll look over at him and he'll be doing – put the camera on me. He'll be doing this number. <laughs> Like that Thierry Henry fucking meme, you know? I'm it means I'm actively listening, Luke, okay? The point I'm trying to make is uh, when they, if you've ever had shoulder surgery, what they often end up doing is they often restrict mobility on purpose yes. so that you don't have subsequent dislocations. I, I, I don't know if he had one surgery and one surgery or two surgeries on one shoulder. Either way, let me just say this, BC. If your shoulder is still falling out of the socket that easily post-surgery, you might have some serious long-term problems. Yes. What do you make of do – do you worry about that at all? Like, do, I do. I, and it's part of my coping mechanism to get to the point where I know Brian Ortega is one of my favorite fighters. I want him to be great. He can compete with anybody on any given night. He has one of those games where you can just hit that button and flash into full elite mode. But to, to get I'm, – I'm finally realizing to get that out of himself – He's got to be who he is, which means someone who gets himself into wars sometimes when it's not always the best case. Because I think in the back of his mind, he's always there looking to create that error when somebody makes one mistake in a position where they think they have the advantage. But that leads to endings like this. It leads to injuries. It le when you are an artist at the end of the day, rather than somebody whose sole focus is climbing the ladder and winning, and I'm not saying that's not part of what makes him up. He's in here to win. But he's an artist, Luke. So sometimes you get incomplete arcs. And, I, and this is a, another step in a sort of incomplete arc. A guy who swung big in his two big title opportunities, missed two years to multiple injuries, kind of, you know, this could this could set up a stretch where he's kind of floating for a while. I do think he'll be back. I do think he'll be back in big fights. I don't know if he'll ever win a big, uh, uh, you know, a huge fight again that he's done in the past. But every time he's there, you got to see him. And what we saw of here, it was brewing to be special. But I think when you fight in that style with that mindset, you could lose fights out of nowhere. Fights can also fall apart because of injuries because, it, I mean, he's aggressive. He's aggressive as shit, Luke. He came right out in the opening bell and kind of did what you didn't want him to do, which is not really move his head and just stand in there and trade. And right, that's but, what he but does. I, I disagree a little bit, right? Because didn't he go for two prolonged takedown attempts? And, again, yeah. one of them failed. But to me, one of the lessons there was, like, he knew if I stand with him for a long amount of time, I'm going to get chewed up. Might as well clinch and he see what I can do from there. He finally made some of some of the smarter sort of adjustments. You know, not not an overall commitment to defense like you would sort of want if you're saying, can this guy be an elite guy who constantly beats somebody better than him? Step up the ladder, step up the ladder. I, I don't think he can be that. I just be that. I just don't think it's in him. The the performance against uh, Korean Zombie, notwithstanding, probably due to the the speed difference and the and the footwork and all that. But it, it's just like now it's like. Okay, for as long as we have him left, and it should be a while, right? He's, what, 31? I mean, you know, as long as he recovers from this, although he's now had multiple uh, issues with the same, I just want to see who else could he fight. Look, we've seen him in the past talk about, oh, I'll move up and fight Colby to, to settle a grudge. I can fight much bigger than people realize. From here on out, Luke, he and he's in that category of the Chandlers, of the, the Poiriers, of the guys who you love anyway. You're going to watch them anyway because they're in big fights. But no matter where they are in their career, no matter who they're fighting, you got to see it. I mean, and that, and that is... Does that mean anything? Does that matter? For some guys, that's the only thing that matters. And I think for Ortega, it's just the way he's wired, man. 
It's just, it's just going to end up in these. And I'm, I'm done trying to pull back on the reins. I'm now saying, go for it. Be Brian Ortega. So let me circle back and ask you the question I asked myself and still don't know the answer. Is Brian Ortega, from what we've seen at the highest level, which have been aborted or have been brawls in which he had big moments but ultimately lost one-sided fights, is he overachieving or underachieving in terms of what we actually get out of him each fight? Well, that's a great question. I think the maybe this will answer it. My sense of, and again, it was four minutes or whatever it was. It was not even around, so who the hell is to say? But the idea, I, I was I was waiting to see is like is because the Korean zombie fight, he didn't get hit a whole lot, right? There was a little bit of it, but he did a really good job of hitting and not getting hit, relatively speaking. And then he fights Volkanovski, and Volkanovski chews him up. But that's Volkanovski, like that's the very best guy maybe in the sport. But he didn't move his head once in that fight, though. To be fair. The Volkanovski yeah. fight? Right. I mean, okay, but you, you get what I'm trying to say. Like, I was wondering, is he going to mature in a direction where he kind of leaves with the kind of thing you're excited about and accepting? Is he going to leave some of that behind? Now, again, Yair is a very dynamic striker, but he's not a champion as it stands today. And so my thought was, after it was all over, I was like, he's, he's just going to be the guy that gets hit a lot. He's just going to be that guy. He's just going to be the guy that gets hit a lot. Now, he'll make some improvements. And again, I want to be very clear about this. The idea that because he was getting hit a lot, for most fighters, most of the time, that means shit's going downhill. Yeah. For Brian Ortega, it doesn't necessarily mean that by virtue of all the other heroics that we, all the rabbits he's pulled out of hats. We know that's not necessarily true. But I guess the only point I was trying to make was I thought we'd see a little bit more of a matured, developed, strikingly aware defensive skill set. And going for the takedowns is part of that. But on the striking itself, my man's just, he's just kind of going to be, it is, he's just, just going to be is. there. And he's going to outlast people that don't have the same backbone. But against the very elite, I'm still in that conundrum. Is he <clears throat> able to compete with them on this level because he overachieves and is so all in with his balls, right? Yeah. Or is he still sacrificing a certain level of restraint that could get him farther because these moments are just too fun to not get into or because that's just who he is? Um, either way, you got to see him. And whether you think it matters or not, if he's not in your now group of, of like, stop traffic, I got to see who he's fighting next. I mean... You know, he is, Luke, and he showed that again. But he also lost the fight, so let me flip it back to you on Yair. Okay. Did we learn enough about Yair in this win, now one fight winning streak, because remember he lost to Max despite everything he gained critically from that, to say, yeah, let's, let's, whatever form it is, interim or full, he's fighting for the title next. So the answer is no, but I want to talk about that in just a second. Before we do that, because that's point number two, so I, I just want to... Address. I didn't really read the rundown, you know, that that's fine. It's okay. Right? Yeah. I'll, we, we, we will get to this very question. Last thing on the part one. Danny Segura had noted this, and I think it's a fair point. You coming from boxing almost take it for granted. They each come out to these, like, really, like, deeply culturally rich songs of Mexican heritage and... Oh, the love between them was great. And uh, I think uh, I think the the song that Ortega came out to was Caliente Sangre. I think that was the name of it. In any event... What does you, that mean? Hot... Hot blood. Hot blood. Uh, hot blood. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, blood. wait. Yeah. So is sangre in the same as sangria? Is that the same? That's exactly right. So, that means what? Blood drink? I don't know if it means blood drink, but I think there's the root derivation of the Where word Where I come there. from, sangria is for bitches. <laughs> Pass another morgue down this way, guy. The point I wanted to make was, dude, obviously the crowd in Long Island was great. They, they sold the place out. But I got to say, here's another case where if they put that in, let's say, South Texas or yes. something like that. Why Southern is California. that not in Anaheim? Dude, Why was that, that not an opportunity yeah. missed? Both of these guys fully embraced it. And there were Mexican people in the crowd. That was a fair. great crowd. You see the, the John Anik post afterwards? Yeah, like, yeah. Long after the broadcast is over, just lines of people giving fair them enough. Love, you know? But it wasn't a fully Mexican <clears throat> crowd or right. a Mexican-American crowd. 
Opportunity missed? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I saw, you know, in our own internal Slack boards and CBS, people were like, why isn't this in L.A. again? Yeah, it made a lot of sense. But um, the UFC is operating on a pretty high level of wins right now where these type of small L's are very small, Luke, in the overall game. I know, but I just feel like you could do a lot more for the kind of audiences you want. I mean, and, the gate they and got you can was build ridiculous. the fighters more within their own communities oh, absolutely. by absolutely. putting those things but together. But they don't, as much as they want that, as much as they get fired up for Brandon Moreno to be the first Mexican-born champion, as much as they've always wanted Yair to be something, and now he's on the verge of that. That's why you plug him into a title shot next to Topic 2, no matter what the circumstance, they still aren't, like, live and die by it, right? Back no, when no. they wanted Kane to be something that he couldn't be. It was more like, man, we could really use that. The brand is the UFC. That's They're selling Dana White in the UFC more than any, any fighter, Luke, and that's, you know, you can consistently see that. Even though, shout out to Dana, pr probably put on by a lot of this pressure that's come off of the Nelk Boy video, everybody got a bonus, it seemed like. It was I Oprah level. That, it was yes. like, and it was great to see, like, fuck yeah. I mean, we're going to talk about the Sumardri, Sumadarji Sum fight against uh, Schnelk in the epic classic, but, like, Dude, I was like, yo, I almost wanted to tweet out at the Nelk boys and be like, you know what you have to do. Give that money back. And give it to Matt <laughs> Chanel, please. And give it to the other guy. Like, what the, you know, what are you doing right now? All right, let's move to point number two. We stayed with the main event, but it was the question that BC raised. Namely, now that Yair has won and you've got Josh Emmett sitting on a five-fight win streak, but the win by Yair was hardly very consequential. Well, it's consequential, but it was hardly very uh, w without question. I mean, it was, there was a lot of sort of uncertainty about, like, okay, well, did he really beat Ortega, and is this the kind of definitive win that someone needs for a title shot? So, BC, the question for you is this. Is Rodriguez versus Emmett for the interim featherweight title the right next fight to make? Yeah, given the injury to Volkanovski, things have just had a way of working out for Josh Emmett right when it looked like they weren't, right? When it looked like, you know, he didn't get the prime seating that I talked about last episode for the UFC 276 card with the zoom in and the name on the bottom. He got bumped up to the upper deck. But that doesn't matter as long as you get that prize. And Volkanovski's injury has opened up a door here for Josh Emmett to get what we've all argued he kind of deserved from the beginning. Five-fight win streak, blood and guts performances. Um, you hear him on Room Service Diaries. And if you haven't heard it, check it out at YouTube.com slash Morning Combat. It's a great listen. But, Luke, what did we learn about that? Nothing given to this guy, everything earned and paid for in blood. And how many of those close fights, which I know his critics will argue, I don't think he beat Cater, I don't think he beat Dan Ige, you know, that close fight with Burgos, whatever. Dude, he's here, okay? Enough of that talk. He's here, but he's had to crawl and scratch. I mean, I, you know, we asked him specifically in the room service diaries, when you're going to the cards against Cater, how confident can you actually be? Because if he loses that fight... If he loses a split decision to Calvin Cater, we don't ever hear from him at this level again. It's just it's just math, Luke. That's it. Okay? It's just math at 37, considering how much he's poured out to get here. You're probably not going to see him again. If he stayed the course, I mean, what else could he do, right? He's, he's done everything he could. He's been on every podcast. All he could do was stay the course and wait. And it seems to potentially have coming back around again, unless, you know, Henry Cejudo or somebody that we're not even considering is going to fly in and steal his spot. Yair, for as much as... The win streak, which is one fight, and it was an aborted fight. For as much as that doesn't tell us a lot, he still looks to be the best he's ever been, Luke. That's true. And although you can argue this doesn't matter, how much do you think his post-fight interview did for... I mean, look, they're on ABC. It almost felt like a planted question. Do you, would you say that when Daniel Cormier goes, what do you want to say to your Latin you know, fans out there? Yeah, of course. Yet he freaking, yet he freaking delivered it. And I don't know if you saw the video of him walking down the aisle giving high fives. I thought he came across hugely humble and and just, like, really likable. Like, it's Yair's time, and you'd like for him to have a three- or four-fight win streak to get to this point. He doesn't. 
But as long as he's fighting the guy who deserves even more to be there in Josh Emmett, this is the perfect use of an interim title. It's still a number one contender's fight, but it's the perfect use of an interim title for two people that deserve it. And then let's see who can come out of that and fight Volkanovski when he comes back around the other end. Because Volkanovski ain't getting the lightweight title shot anytime soon, and I don't think he should right now. Probably It's not. too crowded up there, Luke. Uh, here's what I would say. You can't <clears throat> argue that Emmett doesn't deserve the title shot because the Cater fight was close and then claim that Yair does deserve the title shot off of a one-fight win streak that came, yes, that he produced by virtue of what he was doing, but produced it via injury from a sort of what probably was a medically, not dubious situation ahead of time, but a medically um, uh, affected one, right? Like he, he probably had some kind of pre-existing I- condition there that made that injury possible. I don't think that Yair has that kind of pulling strength to do that kind of thing. You can't claim that that's the authoritative one win you need <clears throat> to punch your ticket to a title shot against maybe the very best fighter on earth. What you can argue is, hey, Yair's not, it's not Yair's fault that Ortega's shoulder fell out the way that it did. Fair enough. And you can say, well, you know, Cater made a strong account of himself, but the judges gave it to him, but it was a little bit dicey. It's close. Yeah. We have an unresolved top contender situation. And Emmett, to me, has the obviously a longer winning streak and I think has fought better guys personally and done better against them. But Yair did well enough for the time that we saw him. He gave Max Holloway hell. Yes. He is well-liked. He is popular. And it'd be a fresh fight in either case for Volkanovski. Interim title or not, I don't know. But the next fight to make for sure is Josh Emmett versus Yair Rodriguez. That is the fight that you have to make winner take all in that case. I agree with you, but time for a hard question. We got to turn the camera. There we go. Um, by the way, should we be alarmed? Normally we come in here and we're like, are there too many Malka employees running around here for what's actually needed? Now this time it's a ghost town. I got to get the camera guy to refill my coffee <laughs> cup. It's great. Where's Filthy Phil when you need him? You know what I mean? You, you know this new guy's name? Does Go Gojira. Gojira. Yeah, 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 <laughs> brother. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right, can't even give him some FaceTime there in the back. All right. <laughs> uh, Luke, what I was going to say was um, you might not want to answer this question right now because it looks like Josh Emmett probably deserves and will get his chance. But on paper, is Jair Rodriguez the only remaining featherweight who could potentially take the title from Volkanovski right now? I mean, look, Ortega came close, so you can't remove Ortega from this conversation. But he's injured. He's not, you know, he's, he's out right mm-hmm. now. Is Jair the last guy standing who, in your mind, you could say, all right, I, I could imagine him doing it. I could imagine it. Uh, because this is a new Volkanovski. The, the guy that beat Max's ass in the third fight, that's a new That's a new. Adv- I would say that, you know, you couldn't fully dismiss two names. One, Arnold Allen. I would pick Volkanovski over him. Oh, no, no. I like Arnold Allen a lot, okay. but don't, don't do that. How don't, about this one? Mozart Evloev. Now you're getting into my, my collection right. of hammers. Now right. you're, now, right. now you're deep, like ABC. Deep in the tool yeah, bag. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I would say in the top five, it's Cater, Emmett, Rodriguez, Ortega, Holloway. Yeah, in that sense, it's just Emmett and Yair left. That's all. Um, and the, both of them don't deserve to get the fight. Only one of them does. And I honestly, I'm not one of these guys who are like, oh, I love interim titles, but I've made this argument yeah. before. If you have an interim title for this one, whoever the winner is heading into the eventual fight with Volkanovski, both will get pay-per-view All right, points. I've come around. I, I hate, I hate abusing points. interim titles, but if it gets them the points they need, now let's go back to what this fight they should make next. Uh, Emmett versus uh, Rodriguez is was Team Emmett at their house in Sacramento on the same night. By the way, did you hear that hilarious take that Dean Thomas gave in the pre-show of UFC? No. They were like, you know, if 
Yair comes out and wins this fight against Ortega, it's going to be hard marketing-wise to keep him away from the title. We said the same thing. Dean's like, I'm not even sure, uh, you know, Yair's got Mexico behind him. I'm not even sure Josh Emmett has Sacramento behind him. Harsh, but 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 fair. Jesus Christ. But when he's sitting home in Sacramento, and we love us some Josh Emmett right here, is he celebrating when that fight ends abruptly and the door is now, like, kicked back open? He's got to be, right? That's got to be like, oh, shit, that is I bet he would have preferred Ortega to win because if Ortega wins, who's already had the two title shots, that would have given Emmett free and clear. But what I'll say is this. We're not even talking about how awesome a fight Emmett versus Yair Rodriguez. That's what I want you to talk about. Two action fighters to the nth degree. But different kinds of action fighters. One more of a— How does the fight between Emmett and Yair look in your mind? That's what I'm saying because Emmett's more of a— Emmett almost purposely dumbed himself down a bit when we were talking to him room service diaries, right? There was a point where you and I looked and caught eyes. We're like, you're like, you know, so what's your mindset, your game plan? Yeah, he's like, I don't game fight. plan. I'm he's like, like, sorry, what? I just go in there and throw right hands and fight like a caveman, and if my face doesn't fall off, I win. I mean, that's kind of what he said, and you even were like, yo, I want to give you a second chance here. Now, he didn't really mean that, but in his mind, he looks at himself as an adaptable guy who no matter what the competition is bringing, he's going to adjust and inflict what he does, which is right. big right hands, put the pressure on you like that. Um Obviously, Ayer is a crafty, creative, artiste of a striker, but no less dangerous. I mean, could this end in, in a brutal fight in which Yair stops him and carves him up late? It's possible. But could Emmett also take this guy down, Luke? Could Emmett be fighting downhill the whole time and eventually just in a war just outman him? Also possible. Um, buckle up, dude. Featherweight kind of on fire right now. And it may not be as high in my mind as Bantamweight, the best division in the sport right now. Women's strawweight always among the best divisions in the sport right now. And you got a shot at lightweight. It's still there. Still not still not going anywhere. It's still fucking rules, right, brother? Mm-hmm. Yes. Featherweight. Okay. You thought I you thought I got off the exit and had no idea where I was. Yeah, featherweight. No, not, not true. Featherweight is coming the hell on. Right now, this core of guys atop and Shane Burgos not done yet, which I'm sure we can talk about at some point. But mm-hmm. uh, dude. They're all they're all going to be bangers of fights. It's they're all going to be bangers. And I, and, Do you like Emmett's chances here? What will the what will I would the, fav- I would I'll say this. Uh, I would favor Emmett to win on the argument that Emmett's wrestling would be the difference maker. If Max Holloway is getting you down, that's one thing. Max is extremely good, not known as a wrestler, but certainly quite talented. But then Brian Ortega, who has a historically a twenty four percent takedown success rate, which is very low. Uh, for him to get the takedown, granted it may have injured his shoulder, but who knows what the medical condition was ahead of time. Still, he did get him down. Let me just tell you something. If those two guys can get him down, Emmett's going to get him down. The question you have to ask yourself is, is Emmett even going to try to do that? Because Emmett loves to fucking brawl on the Yo, feet. he likes to stand and, and fucking bang. pray, dude. He, that, that, everyone's like, oh, yeah, you should get it or whatever your position is. Because I, I get, I granted, he's significantly more popular than Josh Emmett. But I'm just trying to explain to people, an Emmett versus Yair Rodriguez fight is absolutely Bonkers. That is a and, and for an interim title probably would have been a main event no matter what. Even if they put it on a fight night, that's a five round fight. You got to be shit. That could be a pay per view co main coming up. That could be something. I mean, honestly, even if Emmett makes it through that one, Yair is going to take a pound of flesh from him. Yeah. Like he is going to go into that Volkanovski fight, assuming he like even Shylock wins. and the Merchant of Venice, right? Uh, I mean, I don't know if that's the best comparison I've ever heard. I was but, trying to get literary. I was trying to get on your team here with the books. You know? Yeah. Well, in any event. It's worth thinking about that Yair certainly is capable of winning that one on the feet. He could knock Emmett out if Emmett's not careful. I think he probably is the better striker of the two. But I would say Emmett's a little bit more physical, a little bit more well-rounded in terms of all of his offensive weapons. Either way, that's all those two have to fight. 
Because the argument for either guy, given what has happened in the division, given how the sport works, no one's argument is ironclad. Uh, Emmett's resume is a little bit stronger, but it's hardly that case that Yair's resume is weak and he has this significant popular backing. Yeah. Plus, he would also have an action fight with. And you're asking yourself, who else could it be, outside of that 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 great doctor deciding to change his ways? You know what I'm talking about? What? Not Kavorkian, not Nasser. I'm talking about Zabit. Outside of him deciding <laughs> to change his ways, Luke, okay, and come on down, who else are you going to give it to? Nobody. It's time. Let's do it. Uh, appointment viewing. So I'm fired up. And Yair, look again. We'll put the bow on it like we started. From what he could have shown. He showed out, he man. Great. He showed out. So there it is. He there looked great. Is. He absolutely End looked great. End of the show. We had a great run. Thank you. All right, let's go to point number three. Let's talk about this one. Matt Schnell defeats Sumadarji in one of the most epic contests you'll ever see, basically, in all of professional MMA. He wins in the second round via triangle choke. That's his third triangle choke in the UFC. I think he's got second most all-time at the either featherweight or something like that. He's got some kind of record related to triangle choke finishes. Either way, BC, he got stung a million times before that engine found a way to then rock Sumadarji with a right hand, then gets the takedown, moves to mount, but even rolls in the, to triangle. In the midst of the moving to mount and rolling to triangle, he also was taking shots, and it looked like Sumadarji was making a little run in the midst of that. So yes. it was like never quite sure which direction that thing was going, yes. even down to the end. Even with, even with the heavy momentum swings in either direction. So the question for you is this. Where does this rank all-time on MMA comebacks? Because some folks saying it's the best. I don't agree. I, I but don't it's agree. No, and nothing, nothing to hate on. I mean, look, it was epic. I think it was helped by the soundtrack of, of DC. Daniel Cormier just losing his shit with Paul Felder and John Anik, rightfully so. I mean, it, they were kind of all over each other, but sometimes the rules go out the window in yeah, terms yeah. of you know whose role is what in those moments. But I loved it. It showed so much heart and resiliency. But was it better even than Devalish Wheelie against uh, Marais? I don't think it was. Was it better than Anderson Silva against Chael? No. I mean, that was a title fight, a different scenario, a different type of one-way traffic, which led to that. But, dude, let's, you know, in terms of taking damage, being rocked multiple times and looking like you're ready to go. I mean, he was eating left hands like, like nobody's business. Like, like, I came here to do one thing, and that's eat clean left hands. And, it, you know, he should have gone, but he bit down and kept going. And to turn it around like that, Dude, I hope he gets paid. I hope he gets catapulted into big fights, and, and there's so many fun fights you can make at flyweight, and shout out to him in this one, Luke. But uh, um, I don't think it's in the top, you know, pantheon, but it might. it's knocking on the door. What, 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 is, what was it missing then for both of us to go, loved it, but let's not go crazy? So it's, to me, not the greatest comeback for a lot of reasons, but the biggest one I would say is that it's very hard to compare. They're not. They're very dissimilar kinds of fights. Like when you say comeback, what do you mean? I watched... Chael Sonnen beat the shit out of Anderson Silva for 20-plus minutes. Broken rib, too. During that. Yeah, broken rib before he just put on the triangle choke. In, it, I cannot tell you if you watched that live how improbable yeah. it was. To me, that's the this best. This ain't Pete Sell versus Scott Smith either, to be fair. Okay, but that was a single shot and then a single yeah. shot. I mean, it was a little bit. I mean, bit, there was different kind of comes. This prolonged. There's a Pat yes. Berry, Czech Congo type this, comeback. That's, that's the best comparison. There's where a, it's these wild, Travis crazy Brown. swings. Yeah. Yes. In that sense, it's very <clears> similar. But, like, to me, if you get your ass whipped for 20-plus minutes and then a Hail Mary works in a title fight, that just the stakes are more significant. Yeah. The, the resiliency is more significant. It just is. But if you're comparing it to, like, these ones where these – these momentum swings in either direction, it's probably two or three in okay. all-time best comebacks. In fact, Tapology is a great site. They have their listed top uh, comebacks. Now, they don't really separate them out from the way we're doing it, but here's what they have listed as their top ten. You tell me if you think it fits inside of it. I think it fits somewhere 
neatly around the top. You three. just said two or three, which is high. Luke. I think. Yeah. So you're basically saying it's not the greatest I've ever seen, but it's it's just about second best. It's pretty good. I, yeah. I'm pushing it back. I mean, I got more emotional connection maybe to. Scott Smith Kung Lee in part one. I mean, there, there's just that sort of like that was improbable. Somebody getting tuned Kung up, Lee and then was, that, that was a bigger figure. Grand slam on the final pitch to come back. Okay, so number ten they have Okami <clears throat> versus Boach. It's certainly better than that. Uh, number nine Edgar versus Maynard three when oh, Edgar God. came back and won via KOTKO. That's big. That's epic. To your point, Smith versus Cell is number eight. Now that was a crazy one too. I watched that one live as well. Ultimate Fighter Four finale. Can't you put Edgar Maynard two on this list too? Or uh, we're gonna get yeah, to yeah. it. Yeah. Seven is Mir Noguera two, which was a great comeback <sighs> because Noguera was tagging him on the field and had never been stu- never been what submitted submitted and then and, and, and then, then basically let his arm get broken. Yeah, and then yeah. Mir fucked him up and broke his arm. Uh, number six, Emilianenko versus Randleman. That was when Randleman yes. spiked him on his head, and he still got beat. But that one, there was a he got spiked, and then there was a lull in the action, and then there was a reversal. And the like, fuck CTE. Uh, number five, this was great and historic and a title fight, but still, the action-wise, not as good. They have Hughes versus Trigg, too, okay. which was good. To your point, number four, Edgar versus Maynard, too. That's a crazy and one. That's a high well. level. Was that a title? Two and three were title fights, right? Um, I don't know if two was. I, I can't remember anymore. Okay, here's where you get to the meat and potatoes. Number three, Lesnar versus Carwin. Now, here's the thing. Oh, Lesner, shit, Lesnar got his, and this is, and here's and the that's thing. That's like one of my favorite, that's one of my three favorite fights ever right. because it was. And Matt Schnell made a good point, which was he made an argument he won the first round. I, don't, I didn't see the judges' scorecards, but you can make a pretty strong case that he, in fact, did win the first round. He had takedown, he actually moved him out early enough, and then he ended the top on the end of the round in top position. Lesnar got the shit kicked out of him for almost a near full five minutes before, um, you know, obviously the round ended. Then the second round, he came out and did his thing. Uh, number two, Barry versus Congo. I'm going to put it right on par with that. I think it's right on you par with Barry. You don't think Shilly Murai should be in this? And then that, number, that number one is number epic. one is Silva versus Sonnen, which Absolutely. I think is, is no, significantly No, you don't think the, I thought the, the Davalis Shilly comeback was better than this. What am I missing, dude? He got. Thrown around, knocked down, like I'm, you know, ragdolled for four minutes. It seemed like. I guess he did get hurt, but I guess it's the way that, it, partly it's the way the body reacts, and I think Schnell just kind of freezing in time, yeah. over and over and over. It just gave you the sense of like, oh, you're like, oh, uh, just blow on him, and he'll just fall over, and that will be so, it. Can somebody blow him, please? <clears throat> can please? Um, uh, I put blow on him. No, no love him. for uh, Kimbo Shamrock. That had, that had some ebbs and flows in it. <laughs> I mean, nobody had a heart attack, you know. Yeah, like, that was, was a sad yeah. fight. Um, no, yeah, it was kind. Of, no, that was actually kind I'm of. I'm trying fun. to see where do they put Marais versus Dewalish Willie. Eleven is Bektish versus Elkins, which is another oh, good one. Yes, uh, they've got at twelve. They've got Lewis versus Volkov. Remember, Derek Lewis got his ass whooped and then had the hail which mary is, at the that's end. That's the same fight as Wonderboy versus Pettis, by the way. Same, um, right? Same exact yes. fight. Yes, and another one they have that is closer to Silva Son, and they have at fourteen, which is Holm versus Tate. Holm basically won four and a half rounds. Oh, God. And then in the very last there. round, Misha took the back and choked her out. How about, how about Holly as she's going out, throwing punches while getting choked? Oh, yeah. That's the fighting spirit. Yeah, yeah, Modelo, sure is. Bitch. It sure yeah. is. McGregor versus Diaz is number 16. That was a bit of a comeback fight. That a was a, bit. that was, the, the roar, I was, okay, that, that fight, 196, I was in the media room, because we had maxed out for ESPN the, the cage side seats, mm-hmm. and I had a cousin who was there for his job at the at the moment? He goes, hey, you know how to get tickets? I don't know if you remember UFC used to give out if you couldn't if you weren't seated around the yes, they cage, gave tickets. they mm-hmm. give you tickets up in the arena. Yeah. So he, I had gotten a ticket for like the top row of the lower bowl, so you're eye level with the, with the uh, octagon, and uh, they want ESPN wanted me in the back to interview the fighters from the undercard as they come in. So I gave it to my cousin. I go, 
just don't, you know, don't get drunk and crazy and get me in trouble, but go enjoy. Had never been to a fight before. Oh, Shows up before the co-main event, watches Tate versus Holm and McGregor uh, Diaz. Diaz won. And is like, I'm a fan for life. Like, that's this is crazy. the craziest thing that's ever happened. The roar from the media room of McGregor tapping out. And it's not just the tap out. It was once that thing changed. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think I've been around, around, you know, I've been around a few great explosions in, in sort of uh, combat sports crowd history. That's up there. I mean, it may not have been like, Sergio Martinez Chavez Jr. in the final round, but that thing, like, the crowd just went. It's one of those things you never forget, Luke, the feel. How about Joe Rogan screaming his face yeah. off? Go on that fight. You know what? That should be higher up. because Probably. Because the invincibility McGregor had, you just thought he could do anything in that moment. In that first round. And Nate was, Nate was effed up. I mean, he was bloody. Yeah, he was, he was getting he was... bloody. By the way, uh, 17, This I saw this one live on TV, uh, Lautler versus Manhoff. So Manhoff was just oh, was yes. just kicking his leg, kicking his leg, kicking his leg. force? Yep, and then, then Lawler hit him with that one clean punch and put his lights out. 18 was Jung versus Rodriguez, they have. Uh, Sung Jung. And, uh, you know, oh, yeah. Elbow. Yeah. Uh, Noguera versus Filipovic. Dude, that's got to be higher, the, the elbow. Dude, the last second of the fight? To your point, now, I don't have Marais on this list, but 20, they have Overeem versus Brown. That was uh, another one. Okay, I said Arlovsky Brown. Did I mean Overeem? No, no. Bra so Brown had two crazy fights. He came well, back. Arlovsky hit him with the uh, not the spinning back elbow, but yes. like he punched over and then just came back. I was in Todd Grisham's basement for Arlovsky versus Brown. I'll that never, sounds. I'll ominous. never forget how loud he screamed, Luke. I'll never. That forget sounds that. ominous. Yeah. Uh, anyway, they don't have that one on the list. Now, I don't know when this list was made. Um, anyway, and, and this just whoever put it together. But those are pretty decent comparisons. But you can see when you compare them like in that way, part of it is the stakes. You just named it, it the number two or three of all time. There's no stakes on this fight. That's why I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, that's fine. If you want to knock it down because of that, I can understand it. But for me, I was, can't. Yeah. I can't put it up there with Silvasan, and I can't do no, that. No, and it was great in the moment. And, and shout out to Snell. But, but I do put it on par with Barry. We're and talking Tom, about Tyler. You think it's bigger than whole uh, home Tate, dude? That was. See, a, the problem was that fight was boring. That fight was boring until it wasn't. That was the that was the difference. This was all was action. Was it boring? I mean, both the first four rounds were okay. each fighter controlling their own. It wasn't boring, but own. it wasn't very action oriented. I mean, it just there wasn't a lot happening. This was fucking ba da da da. It was firefight, yeah, dude. It was like crazy. Ba da da ba da ba ba da ba ba la mosh. Yeah. You see that Rick? Ba la mosh. You see that Ricky Martin headline? It looks trouble. We dance, huh? You see that Ricky Martin headline? It looks trouble. I know, but it doesn't make any sense. Like, yo, he's facing fifty years in prison. I'm like, has he even been charged with anything? What for sleeping with his nephew? I don't. I don't. I don't get into that. He says it's it's false. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let the justice system handle. I that, mostly okay? I mostly don't care. Yeah. Uh, either way, uh, anyway. <clears throat> I'm not tearing down anyone's statue. Can yet. I make Can I make one point about Matt Schnell that I do think deserves to be made? When he came over for, to the UFC, he came through LFA, and he obviously was on the MTV show. And up to this point, he had done well. I think you could say, or done reasonably well. But I I was wondering. I'm like, is he gonna make it? To me, this felt the first time like he put. He put his name in the history of the UFC. This was yes. him finally standing out from whatever his background was that ever kind of lifted him to the danger show uh, or cage, whatever it was called. This was him finally separating from the pack and having a moment that was his that will go down in UFC history. I mean, if they're putting fights in the Hall of Fame, honestly. This can't be in the Hall of Fame. Why not? Why not? Do you think it was a Dude, better? your water looks Fucking gross. Well, I, put it, I poured it in an empty coffee cup. That's why. That like, you are a sick fuck. You know, whatever it takes to get through these shows. Um, <laughs> you, in yeah. Can we get a little? Uh, I don't. You know, I don't want to. It looks like ramen soup. There's just with yeah. no ramen. I mean, in it. It's you know. All right. Again, no disrespect to this fight. What was it a, a round and a half? 
You think this fight's better than Swanson Choi? You think this fight? Fight overall, no. So that says you have to. It all depends how you want to package it. But it that can. round, that round is one of the most fun rounds I've okay, ever seen. Okay, but just so for the record, you just said it's either the second or third greatest comeback ever, and it's a Hall of Fame fight. You said both. No, 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 no. I didn't. Let me be clear. You're you're saying it can't go in the Hall of Fame. It can't. And I'm simply saying, based on what's already okay. So Cub Swanson versus Duho Choi is in there. It's a great fight. I. This, to me, that round two of that fight, not the overall fight, but round two of that fight is better than any of the rounds in that fight. Round two of this fight. Okay, but it's not a better fight overall, and I think at the end of the day, you know that. You when know I that say when I say it heart. can go in the Hall of Fame, that's not me necessarily endorsing it. That's me saying, well, what else is in there? Dude, they have Diego Sanchez versus Clay Guida in there, and that's a fun fight. Round two of this one's better than any of those rounds. So why can't it? Can we get Carl Parisian in there? Hey, listen, the heat will put some heat well, on you. Get a couple classics. Well, who, who the, what's the one we both like? Diego was the big one for me. Diego versus Caro was the big one for me. And then Carl versus Nick, right? Carl versus, uh, yes, that was that another was good the, one. That was crazy. Also, his, uh, the fight against St. Pierre wasn't that great, but um, it's because he got his ass kicked. But yeah. uh, he had some good ones. He had some good ones for sure. You're, All right. you're turning me on to Armenians, mostly the men, but you're turning me on to them, Luke. Yeah, dude, they're, they're great people. Yeah. They're very successful. I got nothing bad to say about it. Shout out to Manu. They get made fun Akopian. of a lot. They get made fun of a lot for, you know, I guess their ostentatious lifestyle. But that's Yeah, just they, they move their head a lot. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'm down with it. I was going to say they drive BMWs a lot. But, um, uh, you know, whatever. Okay. Moving al- along from that. Number four is now we stay with the card, however. Lauren Murphy scores a unanimous decision win over Misha Tate. This was the opener to the main card of UFC on ABC3. BC, hell of a win by Lauren Murphy. I had her winning all three, although there was a couple of you could maybe. I think two of the judges gave her gave uh, Tate round two, and she had some decent moments in round three as well. But Lauren Murphy was basically better everywhere. Yeah. What do you take from this fight? Uh, look, Lauren Murphy needed the win, and she she was gritty, and she got it done. And and you have to love the babyface promo she gave after about look Shevchenko fight. You know, one one bad night at the office, but. I'm not leaving this sport until I win that title. And given her age, Luke, you love to see that fire, that, that she's still coming back. And look, she was in great shape after that long layoff. That's fine. But correct me if I'm wrong, the story of this fight is Misha Tate. And is we it? had, yeah, we had questions and concerns coming in, you know, despite being a, what, minus 220 favorite that, you know, this is a potential uphill battle. And it was. Luke, I mean, she was a step slow in every category and just didn't seem like herself. But on top of that, I mean, not even a a thought to head movement or defense. I mean, not even a a, a morsel of thought in that direction. This was almost an exposure of her. That's what she's been doing. I know that, but out of any fight recently in her comeback, I think this was the biggest exposure of, like, a 2014 mindset in a 2022 game. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just right. – like, okay, the, the lack of evolution – uh, it wasn't that it was. It wasn't as if she wasn't game. It wasn't as if she didn't have probably a strong camp to cut down to 125 for the first time. She actually that was not an issue sense. at yes. all. Agreed. And you know, typical to her calling card of toughness, when she got tagged and, and swollen and bloodied, she just kept coming. I mean, she was at the Yankee game yesterday. She's she's just going after it. That's who she is. But our concerns were not only validated, but they were they, they were full bloom. I mean, look, she wasn't in this fight for the yeah. most part. Even if you want to give her that round where she came back and she showed heart. Dude, she's just, it's not there anymore. And 
Well, she had she's always had incredible toughness, including in the Kat Zingano fight, which she lost, but she you know she but took a whooping. Step behind, even where she was in the original. Right. Combat so this fight. is the thing. It's like, dude, if you watched Misha Tate in her prime, there was a gap between her and everyone else in the division. Maybe not named Ronda, but you could see she was. In terms of grappling, up. aggression, right? Physicality. Physicality. In and it, now it's the reverse. Yeah. Now the division has a lead on her, and I don't know. Now, now, here's the thing. Lauren Murphy actually is one of the very best ones at flyweight, not named Valentina Shevchenko. It wasn't like she lost to a scrub, but that old dynamic where she was clearly top of the pack or at, at, near it, that has been switched. And Lauren's very big for the weight class, so it's almost like you're, you know, you're, you're almost like you're fighting a bantam weight, and it was just a down, you know, I mean, it just nothing went right for her, but just seeing her that slow of step, being a step behind in every exchange, and then really just getting hit clean with everything, you know. If she wants to still compete, her name can get her into big fights, and who knows, maybe she can win them. She's got guts personified. Tate's a Hall of Fame grit, no question, right? I, I don't I don't know if, if she can still do this on this level, though, Luke. I've got, I've got legitimate concerns. Well, I do think there is. She's 35. This was the first time at flyweight, and she fought. A, like, and the person who she fought, their, their previous fight was against um, Shevchenko. So she just fought someone coming off of a title shot. I understand that there is at least some room to, to, to question um, hey, let's see what else is possible here, given the circumstances. But what I will say is, it's I'm just not seeing what we used to see. I'm and that sounds seeing. really harsh for me, but the proof was in what you saw. And it could be yeah. one bad night at the office. The weight cut could have affected her in ways we didn't you know, see coming in. And that fight, a lot of could have happened there. And to your point, you're fighting basically a number one contender. But it wasn't easy watching her get lit up with straight punches over and over again. Also, I mean, just look at the stat line on this. Uh, one person got two takedowns. Who was it? You would have thought Tate heading into the fight would be the one. She went 0 for 7. She couldn't take Lauren Murphy down. It was, in fact, it was Lauren Murphy who got two takedowns out of an attempted six. How about the striking numbers? Total attempted, roughly roughly the same, 211 to 201, Murphy to Tate. And However, in terms of what landed, pretty big difference, 102 for Lauren Murphy. Misha Tate just 85. <coughs> in fact, numerically, Again, not qualitatively, but numerically, Murphy outstruck her in all three rounds. Dude, she was just better everywhere. There wasn't one part of the fight where, where there were parts of the fight where Tate could kind of hang a little bit. Certainly, some of the takedown defense was pretty good. Some of those elbows in short distance from from Misha Tate were pretty good. Short of that, that was Lauren Murphy's fight. Now, the funny part about her is she didn't get her start until like 26, and then the UFC till 30, 31. She's 38 now. She might be the exception to the rule because while she is much older, she is still quite physical for the weight class, and she doesn't have a ton of damage right. on her from years she's of athletic. Tough as shit she's too. super yeah. fucking tough. So I will say that Lauren Murphy has earned everything that she's ever been given. I want to point out something about her career. She came into the UFC undefeated off of three wins in Invicta, and then she lost three of her first four. She lost to Sarah McMahon, Liz Carmouche. She beat Kelly Fastholtz, and then she lost to Caitlin Chukagian. She asked, of course, for, I think, the upcoming Chukagian. Or no, is Chukagian's filling in for someone against Menon Fioro. Jessica Andrade. Yes. Andrade is out. Then she loses to Chukagian, beats Barb Honchak, loses to Sajara Eubanks, and then figures it out. She goes on a one, two, three, four, five-fight win streak before fighting Valentina, including against Joanne, Andrea Lee, Roxanne Ferry. How about Lee, her saying that I'll be there in person when they fight? When yes. Fior, is that in France? That it's fight? in France, yeah, UFC uh, Paris. Do you like Fior's chances in that, given how... How sturdy Chukagian is. She's hard to look great against. She's, she's just stingy. They both right? fight at distance a little bit. Um, I would say the biggest difference is Fioros has better judo and better top control potentially. So that could be kind of interesting. Um, it's a competitive fight. Chukagian, 
she her strikes add up is what I'm saying. She can control rounds with that yes, jab. I mean, she certainly. Does. I mean, she beats a lot of people. She just can't beat all, all these. All these women are very good. It's just when they get to Valentina, it's like, <clears> oh, right, okay. So well. for Tate, you know, I wish there were more sort of old name super fights available to her. Right. There's really not. She's 35. Now. Like we did see, by the way, Yuana and Young Jacek, who just retired, suddenly has a headline out there saying, "You know what? I would come back, but only for a women's BMF." official fight with the belt. If you wanted to do that UFC, I'll do that. What do you think about Tate versus Joanna at 125 for a women's BMF? No, we don't need it, right? I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it. What do you think about Tate Rousey 3? How many pay-per-view buys does it do? Tell me right now, how many pay-per-view buys? Five or 600K. Not a million. Okay. Winner gets Gina and... <laughs> Gets a role on The Mandalorian. Gets a role on The Mandalorian, <laughs> yeah. Um, in any case, I, I'm extremely impressive from Lauren Murphy. Better everywhere. Yeah. Strong physically. Great game plan. She is, to her, the word she used, she's a force to be reckoned with. Okay, I if, agree if with Team that. Tate calls you up and says, you know, off the record, what do we do? What do you say? Um, Get a lock for the ATV? I think that to the things you mentioned is, you know, the defensive... Issues striking are a problem for her. But this is the big one. It's like, dude, the takedowns have always been there for her. Uh, to not be able to get one across 15 minutes, that's a bad sign. That's a real bad sign. So I'm not sure. I'm, this is not a thing I'm capable of doing. I'm not an MMA coach. Would you here. be upset if she showed up in BKFC? I would be. Yes. She's yes, a, I would. She's a legend. Yeah, you know? yeah. I would not be I would not be thrilled with that. And that, by the way, that's why I'm being so harsh, because she is a legend. What if she and went to like, Bellator? See, that's a little bit different for me. I think she can win fights. I mean, she won fights in UFC, obviously. She won one on her comeback. So you're but. saying just short of, like, the title number one contender status level. Okay, she lost the number one contender. It's hard to know exactly what that means. I mean, who did she, who did she lose to on the way out of uh, Featherweight? Uh, or out uh, of Bantamweight. Amanda. Yeah, right, right. Okay. Amanda, well, yeah, which is like, okay, you lost to Amanda. Like, big yeah. fucking deal, you know. Um, no, no, no. On the, uh, most recently. Ketlin Vieira. Ketlin Vieira. I, yes. I thought you were talking about Lemos. Which no, was a five-round fight yeah. that was close You were talking about Nunes. Okay. Um, yeah, the, uh, 40, 47, 48, 47, 48, 46, So 49. we've seen her kind of level out in, in number one contender fight-ish in two divisions, right? Not, no, not, not that that Vera fight's a number one contender fight, but it's, the, the division is narrow enough where it could have been. It yes. could have been, definitely. Um, yeah, so on, the, on that sub-level, could she win? Sure. Imagine if she ended her career with a Bellator title or a one championship, Luke. She used to work there, you know. Yeah, that's funny. Dude, it's funny. Even against Ronda Rousey, Misha Tate got a takedown in both of those. She got three against Kat Zingano. This fight and the Lauren Murphy fight that I can see right now are the only two she never got a takedown in. And um, That's when she became Cupcake. <laughs> from takedown tape? Yeah. Uh, in any case, so 35, you lost a number one contender. Let's see what happens, but not, not great so far in the comeback. All right. With that, we go to the fifth point, BC. Let's talk a little bit of boxing. I looked it up today on the train ride. I wanted to see what was trending on YouTube videos. Now, this is a function of geographic location. You got People, a nice tan working, by the way. I guess I do. I didn't realize I had one. Would you, you mow the lawn? I took my daughter to the pool yesterday. Oh, she loves those splash pads. Too because deep. we finally tested negative. It took fucking forever. Um, and then I took, went, went to the... I, uh, you know what? I've been taking my dog on walks more recently that are longer. Okay, keep it up, dude. You know, so I guess I'm getting a bit of a tan. Anyway, point being is this. Uh, okay, Ryan Garcia, who I, I was going to point this out. People think that the trending videos are a function of what 
you look at. It's not. It's only a function of your geographic location. So for the United States, as of Monday morning, Ryan Garcia had the number one and number two Damn. top trending videos on YouTube. UFC had none of them. He stops Javier Fortuna in the sixth round. BC, I watched the fight on Sunday night. I didn't watch it live. Too bad our reaction didn't get caught in that trending trap. You know, we could have done big It would have been nice. It would have been nice. But I think the folks who watched, I got to say, let me, I'll pitch it to you, but here's yeah. my initial. Well, I want to hear your takes, so don't pitch anything to me. Okay, Talk dude, to me I about thought it. Ryan Garcia looked fucking great. He looked great. Um, he had a great game plan. He had Fortuna on the back foot, which you knew he was going to have. Like, how much do you, like, uh, my reaction video was like, I'm about to tell you how great Ryan Garcia looked, but let's also get past the point that it was a doughy Fortuna. It was, it was. an aging one. It was. It was a guy who didn't impress me by his, you know, body language, his mannerisms. Okay, but Ryan Garcia, I mean, he from the from the opening bell set a tone. He looked reborn. Set a tone. Yeah. And Fortuna had not one answer for him the entire time. Dropped him in the fourth, dropped him in the fifth, finished him off in the sixth, did it with body shot, then on the same side goes upstairs. And then that back left hook is quick. He's got one of the best left hooks to the liver yes. in all of the, of the sport. The one thing I did notice, and I would love to talk to a boxing trainer because I can't, I only watched it once. I haven't gone back and seen it, but I did notice Fortuna had better foot positioning the entire time. In other words, because it was Southpaw Orthodox, that lead foot position, you don't have to have it, especially yeah. if you're going to go for the jab. In fact, you want to give it away. But Fortuna was constantly to the outside, so you saw Ryan chasing across. But because Ryan had better hand speed, was more active, and would just had Fortuna shook about where the other thing was coming, he was landing that right Dude, hook around the gloves quick. constantly. So Dude, he kicked Fortuna's ass. As much as, as you can be a hater of him because of his celebrity name or a hater of him because you look at him and you still see vulnerabilities, and this fight was big on ironing out most of the vulnerabilities. But because you can look at him and go, you know what, dude, I'm not going to buy into this until I really see him fully tested, you can miss the subtle growth. And this fight was not just subtle growth. It was in-your-face growth. Because even if you think at the end of the day he's, you know, uh, nothing, he's still quick as shit. Mm -hmm. That speed equals power. And here's what I talked about in the post-fight show, Luke. If you are in a position, and shout out to Joe Goose and his trainer, who I thought was going to make him maybe a little too offensively irresponsible because he's such an aggressive coach, it was the opposite. For 23 years old and the tumult outside of his life constantly that seeps into the ring part of it, he was straight up. If he's allowed to keep you at distance, and even though he's fighting a southpaw, he established his jab, which was key, and he filled in with those lead right hands, Floyd style, against a southpaw perfectly to keep Fortuna at bay. If you are allowing Ryan Garcia to fight on his terms and you're not going to get inside on him and you're going you're, you're gonna to lose because that quickness is going to catch up to you. The poise was incredible. He never got caught in any traps, never overextended or was in bad positions. Some of those things in the Luke Campbell fight, even though he showed tremendous heart to get up off the canvas and finish and retire, uh, you know, a solid guy in Campbell, was we saw a lot of Darren Headlights moments, a lot of backing up straight, a lot of just like, oh, shit, one of these days he's going to be splattered across the freeway. Now, when you fight this aggressively, one of these days you may end up splattered across the freeway. But I'm starting to get, gain the confidence, Luke, that it may not be too early. Like Amir Khan, for as good as he was, and offensively Amir Khan was great. There was a lot of highs and lows because, Luke, he could just walk into something. This, this type of poise from Garcia, tell me if I'm wrong here, he's not walking into shit. This was a mature performance for a 23-year-old. Yeah, he had the height and reach advantage, but he used it. And that's the key, Luke. He didn't get caught inside having to fight his way out. He leaned into those advantages. And that's why I did have some people hit up and say, BC, you know, you got us kind of hyped to watch this. Well, the fight kind of sucked. 
Yeah, that's because Ryan Garcia showed up and kind of ironed out any of those potential pitfalls. Right. There was times where the way Fortuna tried to trap him along the ropes, and you watched him hook and then roll his way under to go back to center. Yes. So you didn't you didn't see any of those trouble spots because Garcia wouldn't let the fight get there. So you know if he's if he's not going to be a victim of his own potential self combustion through either having recuperative skills not on the level that we think he needs to fight the type of guys he wants to fight. Or, you know, through bad game plan. I mean, look, we're not that far removed from Team Canelo saying this guy doesn't have the heart and work ethic to get to where he's supposed to be, right? So, obviously, something went wrong there. There was a lot of turmoil in his life. He took a mental health break. But whatever it is, that Joe Goosen connection seems to be working now. I, I, tell me if I'm crazy, Luke. But the idea of him fighting Tank, and, and, and he talked about it a lot afterwards. Tank even tweeted about it, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, affirmatively, like, yeah, let's do it. There is a lot of potential problems in this fight getting made, politically. But... I feel like Ryan turned off a lot of those things that that were maybe key things of getting in the way. I feel like he may have made the kind of leap that makes it easier for this fight to get made because he kind of legitimized himself with this performance. He really did. He really did. So the now to go fight was very underwhelming to me. Very. This was the exact And he was reckless opposite. in that fight too, man. He yes. just came out just throwing shit like No, this good. one was he I felt like he had such a good sense of when to press the gas. Command is the word. Yes, Command. and when to pre press the brakes. And it wasn't the brakes for very long, but just the right moments to make sure he could always be in the driver's seat of this fight to, to take command in that way. Dude, it was good. It was good decision making from Ryan Garcia. And you know, Joe Goose and I, I what the fuck was up with his Canadian tuxedo? My man it's just loves style, denim. You know, I was, I was he like, has, like, He said he has upwards of like 30 to 40 different Canadian tuxedos. <laughs> so, Luke, here's the best part about Joe Goosey. Remember that shirt he wore in the, in the Corrales-Castillo fight? The yes. famous, it looks like the kind of shirt you put on when you're 21 and you're going out to the club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He buys these outfits specifically for the fight, wears them one time, puts them in an airtight sealed bag, and puts it in his closet. Wow. One of these days, we got to get the MK cameras in there and just go fight by fight, shirt by shirt, that and tell us, awesome, tell us the actually. story. But, um, Luke, at the end of the day, would you favor Tank Davis against him? I still think you have to say yes. That's me talking. I still think you have to say yes. Tank Davis has beaten better fighters. It, it's not quite it's at the 50-50 level that the zone commentators were making it sound. But... A performance like this, showing you that Ryan Garcia can carry out a game plan and carry it against a guy with a with a pulse. Didn't bring out his best, I thought, Fortuna, but still a dangerous pulse. This closed the gap on the competitiveness in that fight because somebody with Ryan Garcia's sublime offensive abilities, and they are, he's fast as shit. He has intention to knock you the fuck out. He does. Tank could get caught in that web. I'm still favoring Tank to win. Yes, I think could. he's the better boxer of the two. I think he's more experienced. He's fought more guys at different weight classes. But that fight just got closer in the public eye, and that may that Agreed. may be the thing you need to get it over the hump to get everyone involved, which would take two networks most likely and two promoters and two of everything from both sides of the street. I feel like you know, given Ryan number one Google search, we know he's got you know nine million Instagram followers, whatever it is. We know Tank can pack any arena and is turning a steady uphill climb in, in pay per view buys and becoming something legitimate. I think we just got closer to this being a reality. Okay, but the one caveat is, and let's pitch it back to you, is that after the fight, he's like, dude, I'm not going back to 135. That's interesting. I feel better at 140. I feel so much better at 140. It's 140 or bust. And he even said, if they can't make the Tank Davis fight, I'm happy to fight Teofimo Lopez at 140 pounds. Which, by the way, not mad at that fight either. I would love to see that contest. Teo, or can Teofimo, we finally have the Haney fight? You know? Teofimo has a fight coming up in August. We'll see how things go for him. What do you make of the 140 argument? I, I love that he was so um, stringent 
I'm done with 135. I'm done. Look, here's the deal. All the young names in the sport that are poised to take it over, they're all in or just below 135. But they're all slowly moving up, right? Teo just moved up. Dude, Tank's been saying he'll fight at 140. I mean, he already did. He fought Mario Barrios at pay-per-view at 140. Tank's willing to do it. A lot of these guys are ready to move up. For him to, to tell me how important you think this is, for Ryan Garcia to know ahead of time that this is the right move rather than a poor performance in a big fight telling him that his body has outgrown the weight class. I think this is going to end up being strategically uh, uh, key for him. Maybe a big part of why he looks so different could be the comfortability with Joe Goosen. It could be matchup-oriented. It could be a lot of things. But I think also not having to worry about that. We saw him a full-fledged. I think, you know, the broadcast said he rehydrated up, up you know, into the high 150s. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a big, tall, long kid. Yes. If he's going to come in there even stronger and not have to worry about the taxing of himself – and that, that's only going to make him more offensively potent. It's only going to allow him to take a punch better, Dude. in theory. Rashad Evans always talks about when you cut hard weight, you don't have that punch resistance because your brain, from one shot, can quickly take you to, you know, also, to, to shaky ground. To, f- fair point, totally true. But also, just think about something. This guy even admitted that he had, like, like suicidal ideation. Yes. You know, I gotta, it sounds silly, but I do believe it's true that if you're trying to actually, if you come from that kind of a place and you're trying to get better, Dude, never underestimate how good feeling good is for you. And if he feels good and he feels comfortable and he's got this new trainer and he's really working through the style and he's having these performances, all of it feeds together to reinforce that's the direction I should go. I don't want to make these difficult cuts. Probably he could do it and do well, but it's about feeling good. It's about getting centered. It's about everything being the way that it sort of feels like it's supposed to be. 140 feels like that for him. I, it's, I, I don't know what's best for him. Only he does. It's a shame that because I think there's bigger fights at 135. But, dude, if, if they make that Lopez fight at 140, like just throwing it out there, I would fucking love that. Dude, you know his biggest fights are going to be at welterweight and super super welterweight. You know that, yes. right? Like He has the same type of body as Oscar De La Hoya, who started at 130 and then 35 and then moved up. So for him at 23 to do this, Luke, you're right about the mental side. It's got to be on point for him to be on point in the ring. And it's not just the, the, the scare with the mental health challenges he's had. He, we know he has haters. But, look, you know, he went through the divorce with Canelo, which was very public, seeing his name called out and criticized by a guy that he probably looked up to as an older brother. Whether you think Canelo was doing that for the right purposes or not, right. that had to get to him. He's always got baby mama drama. I'm just saying it is what it is, Luke, outside the ring. There's always things going on with him. This seemed like the most most mature and, and, and complete not just performance, but the way he carried himself. Do you put any stock in the post-fight interview? You know who texted me? Phil McKagan. You know that motherfucker. Yeah, I know Phil McKagan. Yeah, what associate happened? head coach, Colorado football. He said, look, I had the fight on, and my wife comes in the other room after that post-fight interview and goes, who's this kid? He's a star. The way he carried himself, the humility he showed afterwards, you know, whether you want to buy into his whole spiritual rebirth or not, Luke, he seems grounded. He seems ready. He seems ready. So He just, he just, you know, he, he just <clears throat> seemed... Comfortable. He seemed com- in the Luke Campbell fight. He didn't look no. all that. So certainly early did not look comfortable, dude. He looked comfortable from the word go. Joe Goosen and everything else that's happened in his life has given him just a degree of I don't know breathability. It seems like he can just sort of relax a little bit. And when he's relaxed and focused, not not relaxed to the point of lazy, but not agitated or nervous. When he's even keeled, dude, he can do amazing, amazing things. I was actually I was. I went into this fight because I'd missed it live. I went into it being like, yo, I'm about to, I can't wait to hate on this motherfucker like it's a Thor movie. And then I saw <laughs> it and I was like, you know what? That was actually, I, was, I actually walked away being like, okay, I am so much more excited 
for his future than I was after the to-go fight. The sport could use a star like him. I've been equally critical of you. I'm the one telling you that if, you know, this gunslinger mentality, it's going to get him hurt. This is a new Ryan Garcia, though. I've come around, uh, you know. Let's make the big fights. And, Luke, he seems like he really wants to. So it's going to come down to Oscar De La Hoya and Golden Boy being as willing to match him tough as he is. The thing going in his favor, of course, to make these type of super fights and two network pay-per-views is no one's questioning his star value. We don't know if that equates fully into pay-per-view bias because he hasn't been on that level yet. Although right, right, right. this fight, I think, was a pay-per-view in Canada for DAZN or whatever. I think a weird thing's going on there. You get what I'm saying. Now it's going to be, you know, will... Steven Espinosa in Showtime, for example, if it comes down to that, want to be part of this, want to make this fight. Um, him versus Tank, do you think it could move pay-per-view buys? It's going gonna, gonna to blow think, up the internet for sure. I think with a properly promoted fight, let's assume that's in play, they do a media tour, the whole nine, I think that does north of 500K. Yeah. That fight. Maybe as high as 750K. You want to talk about drama? Yeah. Even if nothing's happening, the heightened drama of knowing that, that both of those two are going to be going for, for to cut the head off and they're going to be going big. You're going to have some Those two guys represent, like, youth in boxing in ways that almost no two other guys do. Like, Cambosis and Lopez don't. Right. Haney does. Haney's part of that conversation, you know, obviously. Shakur's coming on. Shakur Stevenson, obviously, as well. But, like, two big guys who can actually do pay-per-views. Stevenson's not there yet. Um, These two guys, it feels to me like. stars. They are absolute stars. They are. They are. Those are the two guys you would pick as, like, the youthful, vibrant, next-level stars of boxing. To put them together would be incredible. Final question on this. Would Tank and Ryan Garcia be a constant threat of both loading up one big power shot, or will it actually be a boxing match at times? Do you think Rye Guy can box on the level of Tank in between the big, dangerous moments in this fight? Yes. Yes, I do. Because I think a guy... You go back to... Dude, if Roly Romero can put... A guy like Tank on his heels, Ryan. With physicality, yeah, yeah Ryan yeah. Garcia. Rully Romero is not the technician that um, that Garcia is, but he he's got balls and he has decent to good power, and and he was he had Tank a little bit like eh, until he, of course he he got a little bit sloppy and then I think the difference in reach is be big there with Rye guy and Tank. Oh, real quick on Rolly, he was in the crowd. He didn't call out Ryan Garcia afterwards. He called out Errol Spence Jr. at 147. Yeah, I mean, I don't give a fuck about that shit. I mean, dude, Errol Spence, even even Errol was like... Yeah, On I Twitter, mean, he's like, are we really talking yeah, about this? No, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, Errol would completely <clears throat> fucking obliterate him. That's do you think silly. he should go to 140, Roley, and just take on big names? What do you think? Sure. I mean, Rye Guy versus Roley, you into that? Wouldn't hate it. Wouldn't pay for it on pay-per-view, but I wouldn't hate it. Okay. Wouldn't hate it. All right, just checking your pulse here, just... Yeah. You know. But I, I have to say, if you were waiting for Ryan Garcia to turn a corner, I think you'd have to be in denial to say he didn't turn one on Saturday. He really did. Give me the state of his tattoo game at the moment. So the ones on his back, they are well done. They are really well done. I just, I just, I'm, I'm, I, you got, when you think about tattoos, you have to think about the contours of the human body and to what extent does it complement them or not. Just putting three, the sword kind of fits, but the three crowns or the two crowns, whatever it is. Yeah. It just. They are well done, the crowns. They are extremely well done. The ones in the front. Whoever, like, technically applied them did a really great job. The ones in the front look like they came out of an eight-mile trailer, though. Yeah, the ones over the chest like this, the two. What do you think if you just got, show me your butthole, and it was just like, I'm not hiding it. You know what I mean? Just. (laughs) Jan 6. I I mean, it could could work for him, you know? I will say this. I feel like as a lesson to all young dudes out there, because women I don't feel like are as prone to getting these, 
if you're going to get a black and gray portrait over your chest, make sure you're paying top dollar. Yeah. Because otherwise, it looks like you did five years for car robbery in some kind of prison somewhere. I don't want to call you up, but I saw you lift your right wrist just just for a moment before, yeah. and there was a tip of a red thing sticking out, and it kind of looked, yeah, that 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 thing right there. Can you it's set a, it up and it, show the audience? It's, it's a rope. It, yeah, but it looked like when you had your, your sleeve up just a little bit. Can you push your sleeve up just a little bit? Yeah, like I can No, no, push it up toward your wrist, but show just the right tip right there. That thing, it looked a little Brock Lesnar-ish right there, right there, okay? <laughs> I was like, what do you, I was like, what is that, a fox's dong? What do you got going on? Yes, it's a fox's dong. That's right. right. It's the, you ever seen a dog get a boner? That's what that is, bro. To remind you where you came from. The old pink rocket. Valdosta, bitch. That's what the V stands for there. Actually, it stands for Violetta. Hey, would you, wait, did you graduate from Valdosta? No, my brother did. What did you graduate from? Marion High School. Would you ever wear Marietta swag on an NBA Fuck show? No. Fuck no, dude. I couldn't wait to get the fuck I'd out rec- of there. Because I'd, re- I'd rep the Noggy Greyhounds anytime Noggy took in the house. Who, it, was that your mascot, the Greyhounds? Oh, yeah, baby. So Valdosta is the Wildcats. And then, uh, unless they've changed Wildcats it. is solid. That's yeah, great. it's okay. I mean, Greyhounds is not a great name. By any means, they just make it work, Noggy, because they're tough as shit. And then uh, Marietta was the uh, the Blue Devils, like Duke. Okay. So Yeah. Bunch of white power supremacists. Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, all right. Although Valdosta is majority black. Um, okay. That is it for our top five. Yeah, we should just go. We should just. No, no, no. Uh, now it's time for the donks to ask us questions. It's time for DMs from donks. No one has seen it to me, <coughs> so I'm just going to read them off the screen. Hee-haw. Oh, wrong animation here, Long Island. Have Lake. you seen this Hey, shit? you know who's back on the show today? Manit. She hasn't worked here in like two months. Yeah, right? no wonder everything is a little bit fucked up back yeah. there. Gaff on vacation. Now oh, we see we what's happening right here. There we go. All right, all right. We've we got go. right, just put it on the screen. I'll read it off the screen. Don't worry. Don't have to email me. Viewers. Uh, let's see. All right. Uh, from Emilio Bruce. Underscore. Who would you favor to win if the fight goes to the ground between Islam and Oliver? Okay, so this this is where we hit it. They announced this on Saturday's broadcast. Yep. It is official October 22nd, Abu Dhabi pay-per-view. We're getting it. Shout out to the UFC doing the right thing here. What do you mean? Mahachev. Yeah. I mean, come on. Well, I even said, like, if if Oliveira wants to take the Connor fight, if that was even in play because he wants big money, whatever, I'm not mad at him. But then you lose that designation as yes. like I'm the guy in the division. No, you're not. Once you once you choose not to fight Islam, you're not. But he did. He's gonna fight Islam. All right. Let me ask that question to you in pieces. Here yes. we go. I actually answered this a little bit on my live chat. I do have will some thoughts on Islam it. Will Islam be able to take Charlie Olives down at will? Yes. How much of a threat? Uh, I mean, I will. I mean, do you th- okay. Does this Olive stuff in one or two count? The same resistance Connor showed early against Habib, which was he showed some resistance. Oh early. no, I don't think he takes him down that easily. Okay, and how dangerous is Charles's jujitsu against somebody as grappling smart as Islam? Very good. It's extremely difficult. I don't give a fuck who you are. I, I, one time uh, I was talking to a buddy of mine. I'll give him a shout out, Seth Smith of of um, Upstream BJJ in Richmond, Virginia, and he was trying to explain to me like I won't go through the whole thing, but he was like, "Dude, we were talking about Verdum fighting Brandon Vera." And of and that fight, Verdum moved to mount. And he was like, let me just explain to you, like, that's a world champion's mount. It doesn't matter even if you're another world yes, champion. Yes. You are dealing with a mount that is extraordinary. So uh yeah, even for Islam, it would be, I think, not catastrophic to go into his guard, but highly inadvisable. Kind of like when the two thousand one version of Shaquille O'Neal backs you into the paint, it don't matter who you are. It doesn't really matter who you are, you're gonna get dunked on. Yeah. It's just yeah. that's just the way it goes. What I would say is my thought was what I think they're going to be looking for, and, and Charlie Olives is going to have to have a, some kind of uh, strategy around this. I think they're going to be looking to create capture and takedowns 
from uh, angles, which is to say what they are looking for is not a double straight on. They're going to want to get a body lock. They're going to want to go for a single to a body lock and then trip or whatever in a certain direction and then make Charlie fight from turtle, make him fight from some kind of position. Because just think about it rationally. What does Oliveira do that people love? He just walks you down, right? He'll clinch and walk you down. So you would never want to fight him straight on this way standing. The same rule applies on the ground. You would not his guard is irrelevant if he doesn't have it. Right? So if he's fighting from turtle by making him wrestle to his hands, if he's fighting from an angle where you have captured the wrist and you're around the back, his guard becomes irrelevant in those circumstances. That's what you're looking for. You're looking yeah. for something like that. Now, of course, he's going to resist it. Easier said than done. But my thought is they're going to be looking for single legs to body locks, body locks God, to, to, to angular capture. I cannot wait to see what this fight looks like because it could be anything. It could be Oliveira vulnerable until he's not, and then he finishes it. It could be one-way Islam, Russian hammer, traffic. It could be a lot of different things. I want to find out if Islam Mahachev is not just for real, but like... Junior Habib level. And also, for real. dude. Luke, he might be Junior Habib level for real. He, he might, might be. He might. And also, here's the other part, too. Oliveira could get his ass kicked for a little while, but we know he's willing to go there. I just said it. Well, here's what I mean. We haven't seen Islam willing to go there. That's true. And if he drags him late, all Islam could win the first three rounds, 10 9, even a 10 8 in there somewhere. And I could see Charlie Olive absolutely destroying him in the fourth. Like that. He, I, I <clears> firmly <throat> believe like any margin of error in this one is going to be super costly to the other person. Yeah, super I'm ready. I'm ready for it. We should do something special for that fight. It's in Abu Dhabi, so we're not going to like be there. I'm not going there. No. I can tell you that. By the way, we did ask every MMA journalist we come across, what's that flight and treatment like when yeah, you go there? Yeah, every one to a man fucking hates it. They were like, don't ever go there. Yeah, don't, don't ever do it. It's just the, no, it's not, not the treatment. It's the length of the flights, and you're kind of just Also, it's a there. repressive government, so there's that too. Uh, okay, next. What, the UFC's brass? Or are you talking about the... No, 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 uh, the UAE. Um, Okay, from J Davis four. Imagine being like, "What's your Instagram handle?" Yeah, I'm J S Davis four eight zero seven six. It rings off the fucking. Well, maybe that's his identification number there at a at a at a Sing Sing. You know what I mean? Look, okay, maybe that's how they. Uh, at, at Rikers. Yeah. Uh, the PFL released their payouts from the last event in Georgia. Any thoughts on the amounts of the payouts? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Kayla Harrison and uh, Anthony Showtime Pettis making the killing. Now, those are those are not complete payments. Those are only what they have to declare. There can be other bonuses that are structured in that don't account for it. But they had Kayla at five hundred thousand. Although I'm told she probably makes about a million about. And then they had seven hundred and fifty k for uh, Showtime. And my thought is good. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. This is Showtime what Showtime brings eyeballs. He does. He, and, and everyone's like Kayla's done more for the PFL. No question. No question. But I will always tell you this, and this was true. Like. I remember one time we had Stefan Bonner on in studio for MMA Uncensored Live, and he was we were talking was he about sober. Yeah, at the time he was sober. At the time he was sober, and that's a that's kind of a cruel joke there. But it uh, was not a joke; it was a question. But thank you. It's a fair one in the cruel joke kind of way. But he, we were talking about the, Hector Lombard had just been signed, and I can't remember if he had fought Tim Boach or not. But I remember that he had just been signed from Bellator, and he was making I think at the time the checks were like 400k plus, right? Which, at the, which, which then was even now, but even even then was very very big, and the thing we sort of realized was like it's better it to be this like free agent that the UFC has to go and yeah. get because it ups your ability to get money. It's a similar situation. Showtime Pettis is a former UFC lightweight champion. Fans love him. He has an action style. When you get recruited by another organization or they want your services, it can be better for your financial gain than to be the homegrown one, even if I can grant that the homegrown one is much more the pillar of that organization in ways that Showtime Pettis cannot be. That's fair. That's all good right there. Um, 
Yeah, that's about all I got on that topic. Yeah. Right, that's fine. All right, next. Uh, at TJ underscore Padro. Yeah. Live show for UFC 281 at MSG. So we haven't officially talked to the channels that be to make this happen. And I know we've sort of tied it into, hey, vote for us for this new podcast award. Who knows? But let's talk turkey right now, Luke, since it is right around Thanksgiving. This is very possible, isn't it? It is very possible, and I really, I very much hope we do this. I, I, there is one Showtime, one Showtime producer showed up today. Yeah, and he's here, and, and he I, was all like, you know, we can't do this doc on time. It's you know, bankable hours, and I'm like, don't you know, just I, don't talk about the birth pains. Show me the head. Yeah, our producers in our ear just go, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? It's a great question, BC. Right. What you the know, fuck so, are you talking so, about? Someone, you know, it's a, sometimes it just flies right over. Those it's, oh, it's not confusing to me. I'm not confused. I yeah. just find it lame. It's a little bit of a different. Right. Kind of like Thor. You know, it's just fucking terrible. You know, if I if I brought the intensity. Hey, let's it. have these goats just scream as a joke that keeps going on for fucking two I hours. Actually, I actually, I like that bit. But, it was uh, fine. It was fine for the first five fucking minutes. You know, some people think if I bring my uh, BC boxing intensity to the regular MK that... Uh, you know, we could go to a whole new level. Luke, I'm not convinced yet, though. Right. Uh, yeah, the, the point is we would very much like to do it. I don't know how doable it is, candidly, but we... Whoa, what, what? I think we could do it. Well, here's the thing. I mean, can we bring... Hold on. Can we bring just... donks into the studio right here? Well, let me just say this. <coughs> to, to answer the question maybe halfway, I used to, when SiriusXM wouldn't do live shows for us, I used to do literal tweet-ups, and they would be full. They would be full. I don't want to do tweet-ups as Why much not? as I love dude, our people. Minute, and, and, I want to perform. Okay, but they can get a mic in the house and shit like that. Like you can do Mike's basic, hard lemonade, is that what you're talking about? You, yeah, you can have that too. Or you can have margaritas. Either way, I'm just pointing out there are ways to like glad hand with the donks if I you I got want an to. idea. You did you see Get Back, the Beatles documentary on uh, Dis, uh, uh whatever it is? On? I didn't finish it. It's fucking long. It is long. I didn't finish it either, but I did enjoy a lot of it. Why don't we do a uh Beatles rooftop concert on the <laughs> On the roof, you know where we film pregame preview up there? We fill it with as many donks as we can. We we put it, we get that PA system and just blow it out into the streets. And then we do it until the police come up and shut us down with the dock cameras running. I would rather just go to the roof and then watch pornography with the neighbors. With the guy across the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, that's, that's So we'll, we'll keep you informed. We really want to. We really want oh, to. Oh, Corey's wondering how I soak this area. Yeah, it keeps spilling. I keep pouring water into this cup and then I've poured too much and it runneth over. Sort of like the humor and joy that I bring to the show, but um, if anyone could help me out with a paper towel, you're just all going to you know, stare at me. and Just use your shirt like a real man. Do, are, we, are we experiencing budget cuts, Luke? Is this, are we in the midst of the end Apparently. of the right now? Apparently. Uh, next, next one here, please. All right, from Big Dog Big Nuts 420. <laughs> Yo, what's your username? <laughs> it's like, I'm guessing this guy did not get 1600 on his SATs. Uh, if you guys were to switch bodies, Freaky Friday style, <laughs> what is the first thing you would do? Uh, Holy uh, do Jesus. I, should I dunk or or drink 50 beers? Which which one would I do first? Well, you'd have to go back in time for that. <laughs> uh, what was the first thing I would do? Uh... Can I stay on camera? Oh no. Um, I don't want to make. I don't want to mention significant others. That would be weird. No, that would be. Don't don't cross lines. Yeah, I'm not going to cross don't. any lines. But that would be in play though, Freaky Friday style. What did? To go, what you he was, what are you, a swinger? Is this what's going on? Right no, now? no, I wouldn't. I'd be, I'd be mortified. I would call you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank I would you. call you and be like, "What do we do to get this situation uh, rectified? Fixed? Yeah, rectified. <laughs> Wrecked them, damn near killed them. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't. I mean, what am I? I don't know, Luke. It's not like you're. What can I gain from being you for an hour? Not if much. you gave me an hour of your body, Luke. Not okay? much. Not, not much. much. All right. 
I mean, could I go debate someone? Could I go win a chess match? You could Probably. win a low T contest. Yeah, I mean, you could yeah. Do that. Yeah, I don't know. What's the what's the okay? But the question was, what's the first thing you do? Check your uh, uh, naval tag. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. You know, because uh, the suspense has been built up so much, Luke. Yeah, right? it really has it. Um, what's the first thing I do for you? I'd probably wonder what that sharp pain in my gut is, <laughs> and go to the doctor. You wouldn't go and get like a really bad haircut. Oh, that's a good call. Yeah, I might do that. Actually, I'd shave your beard because I want to see what it looks like. Does it look like that picture of you when you're young that says "Donk" on it? You know that one, that one when you no, were. No, like... it don't look quite that bad. I was sick at that time. I would love to see you um, without facial hair. Look, look, anything good? Our producer Mikey says you would go live on my channel, my YouTube channel. Oh yeah, you probably you know, would. The difference, uh, the difference is people would hear me for the first ten minutes. You know, what I mean? that's the difference. That's a fair joke. Yeah, that is. That I, is. I just what can I say? Uh, I, there's, I think we have what one or two more. Uh, from Fahey.Liam, what's the best vape flavor? <laughs> <laughs> Watermelon, baby, right? I would say that of the ones I've tried, now my wife likes very different ones. She vapes as well, by the oh, way. Oh, get out of here. I got it from her. I got it from her. I, we were on vacation. So here's the truth. You all right? I learned it by watching you. No, no, here's the truth. We were on vacation, and I usually smoke weed most days, but I didn't want to take any with me to Columbia because I'm, yes. I'm not about to be a drug mule doing that shit. You got, so you're you're missing your. I know because it was because of my thing. So I was like, well, I, I would prefer to just some kind of something to smoke. Just something. And she to put was my like, mouth. she's like, I've got this vape, and I'm like, all right, I'll try it. And at first, it gives you a nicotine high, and your head gets all woo. And then I was like, oh, it's kind of fun. It's like doing. We were done whippets. Oh Remember yeah. Whippets back in the day. Usually in a parking lot of a fast food establishment yes. in the way yeah, back. I did, yeah, 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 I did them in the woods in Georgia. Yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, So then I did that, but then I just kind of got addicted, and then it kept it up. So what I would say is, for me, I like a little. Watermelon mint. You ever, That's my go-to. You ever do whippets out of the full tank? Like when you knew somebody? No, just, I, we, we would do the cartridges. Oh, into I, the I cartridged that shit. But you ever end up knowing somebody who knew somebody who worked at like a medical facility, and then you go over to someone's house and you end up with like a tank this big, and you're like, I guess it turned into this type of party. You know, those are when you. Dude, you must have fried. You know, an enormous. I mean, look, when you have stories like that, you know you lived, Luke, or maybe you died and came back <laughs> a few times. You know, sorry, I lost my mic here, but like, uh, like yeah. So that's the watermelon mint is has been my uh, my. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, All right, that's it for the dub T portion of the show, Luke. Oh yeah, is this the part where we elevate the brand? <laughs> yeah, um, thank you. Time for, for that. BC's feces, everyone. Uh, let me let me cue it up here. You know what this segment is all about? Apparently, in person, it's way better because we can react in real time. There's yes, no tape finally. delay to that shit. Uh, what I did is I scoured the globe this weekend for the highs and lows, the good, the bad, the ugly, and combat sports and beyond, just to bring joy to my co-host's face. This one's called "Have You Seen This Shit." <laughs> All right, Luke, UFC, Fight Night, ABC, Long Island. Let's start here. Puna Leahy Soriano, Luke. Puna Do Haley? Puna Haley. Puna Leahy? I don't think it's Puna Haley. Puna. Haley? Puna Haley? Puna Haley Soriano. Um, he scores a big KO. The, the kid bangs. Apparently, it goes even deeper. Did you see this dance against the cage, Luke? Yeah, Eric Nixick was mocking him for it, who's his coach. He then humps the cage, yeah. And then he does the... Uh... The jack-off motion as well. Boy, that, he was pumped. That's BDE right there, right? A little bit, yeah, I yeah. suppose. I bet you he's a great hang. Would you get him on this couch? I'd get him on this oh, couch. Oh, yeah. Hey, Puna. Dude, those Hawaiians, man, yeah. like, you're missing out. If Puna, you're... If, you, if, you're, if you're listening, Puna, 
get let's get in touch, okay? We want you right on this couch. Also, right I have here. to say, like, obviously, I don't know much about Hawaii, but like from what I've known about Hawaii by meeting Hawaiian fighters, very friendly people. Oh, the best. Very friendly people. Very the best. The only thing I used to know about them was that they love ice because of Dog the Bounty Hunter, but you know that was very stereotypical. <laughs> it's a little on the yeah. Speaking of Puna, Luke, we talked about we want to hang with him. Uh, he was ready to get all up in that sauce, Luke. The Hans Molenkamper variety, Luke. Did you see this? Yeah, uh, this is the one. He was uh, he was doing the the facial bit. There it is. There it is. I bet you that guy could put down fifty drinks like a prime Luke Thomas. He probably you could. Know? I bet you he, he could. could. Yeah. Uh, Luke, let's go over to middleweight Dustin Stolfus taking Stolfus. Dwight Grant on a Frank T Trigg type journey here, Luke. Yeah, and he crashes on top of him. Oh, you see that? Oh God. He doesn't just dump him and then get on top. He drives his shoulder into him as they crash like that. That's that like is... Davy Boy Smith of the running power slam. Luke. By the way, this guy Stolzfus apparently. I just thought he had a German name and that was it. He uh, he has a master a master's degree in German language. Wow, master's degree in burying some fools, right? Damn. All right, he won that fight, Luke. Let's go over to Suma. Sumadarji, I guess. Sumadarji is how we will correctly pronunciate it. Luke, um, he had his own slam. This is like the WWE sidewalk slam variety. Yeah, the old Omoplata slam, which only made the Omoplata worse. Um, Just part of a batshit crazy fight. Shout out to that. This is, so this was round one of the fight. Uh, Luke, this the audio, as we mentioned earlier in this fight from the announcers, was off the charts. Here's DC losing his freaking mind as Schnell was mid-comeback. Someone, someone tweeted this video. This is like DC commentating this event, and it was just a big fat pug who was screaming. Yes, uh, that's like when you're in a uh, public restroom, Luke, and you don't courtesy flush. You just tear it up, and the next guy that comes in, he's like, oh! "What the? Fuck? Oh my God! Have you ever had that happen to you? Yes, yes, you have. I may have created. Yes, yes, you have. Uh, Luke, is this the greatest and most gnarliest fight pick ever? I mean, seriously. It's up there. That's one of the best MMA photos you'll ever Can see. Can you zoom in on this? I don't know who the author was. I'd love to shout him out. Uh, it's Moles96. Let me tell you his. Oh, Ed Mulholland. Yeah, Ed Mulholland. Big boxing yes. guy. He's the one with the red Rutgers hat at every yes. combat sports yeah, ringside. Yeah, he, he took this one. Holy, shout out to Ed Mulholland. Holy crap, this is about as vicious as it gets. You see the agony of defeat. You Apropos with the wild world of sports jackets. And also one more point about this that I thought was important is that he didn't, like the referee didn't intervene because Sumadarji tapped. Like he had to put this fucking guy's lights out to win this Damn. one. And I do think that that should matter. When, wherever you rank it, wherever you yeah. put it, the fact that he had to put the other guy's lights out to win, to me, is kind of relevant. Uh, Luke, also, we may hear more of this on uh, Extra Credit. I'm not sure. But the damn leech, Lee Jianliang, with yep. a hell of a victory. And to celebrate, look at him out here hip-tossing half of his team, Luke. Hip-tossing. Better work on your break falls, bitches. Hi-ya! Boom! I I'm into this type of celebration. Yeah! Normally they do. Normally it's the coach throwing the other guy. Like when they get promoted or something, they get a black belt. Yeah, or whatever they do. But uh, this time he turned the t my how the ta turntables right. Yeah, my how the yeah. There you go. All right. Uh, let's advance here, Luke. Uh, speaking, I did want to get your thoughts. It was big for the crew to get the ABC Wild World of Sports jackets. I mean, John Ennick's reaction in this photo when they put out the video revealing it says it all. He seemed to be a big champion for this behind the scenes. 
look, some people ripped this. I thought this was awesome. Are they gaudy? Yes. Who was ripping it? I saw some people going, okay, that was cool for a photo op, but do we have to spend the whole night in it? You know, but dude. I have to say, dude, growing up, wide world of sports like yeah, this, I'm old enough where this matters to me. You yes. Know? Also, a lot of MMA fans, I've with Talked about it before. They're not sports fans, and John Anik is a sports fan, and and under he worked in D.C. briefly for what they call George Michael's Sports Machine. Oh, I love that show. And uh, so he gets it. He understands how significant that, that is. That show was on Sunday night on NBC. Yep. Uh, the New York affiliate would have that, and uh, it was that guy was the best. It was one of the best shows in the country. Yeah, absolutely. Time. So shout out to John Anik and company pulling off that yellow. Uh, it was compared by Brandon Wise, our colleague, to the gaudy yellow canvas that UFC, UFC 200. 200 yeah, which they called piss, but. I would love to see that come back one time, would you? Piss? <laughs> well, I can see, no, the, the the different color canvases for big yeah, events. Yeah, I like that kind of thing. For like man. a major, maybe Dude, only listen, do it twice listen, a year. What, what is it, Boise State that has the blue yes. field? It's gimmicky, but I fucking like that. I feel like when you see highlights of it, you'll always, oh, that's a that's a playoff, that's right. a big one. So what are the majors right now in the UFC, the four majors, if we had to assign them? Is it Madison Square Garden in November? Yeah, I'll International Fight Week. Usually the December International the December T-Mobile card is usually yeah. in there. What would be the fourth? Is there a consistent one? Mm. There tends to be a March April one that's always really big. Sometimes I, Brooklyn, sometimes Houston. Yeah, I mean, but now it's like what about London now that things are kind of kicking off What there if you did one bit? in Abu Dhabi, one in MSG, International Fight Week and then well, you just were like I, I, this idea that we have to turn the like you want tight if they balance? listen if the UFC wants to put fights in Abu Dhabi that's their right I'll watch them it's fine I actually like it because it's afternoon cards it's great but I'm not turning that into some hub that it's not like it, it's just a place that they're holding fights it's not special in that sense it's hot as shit there yeah it's it, no like it's not it's not like oh this is a, an important place in the geography of the fight game no the fuck it is not no it is not sorry no okay. Okay, very, very, uh, you know, he's firm, but he's fair. Luke Thomas. Oh, let's go back to the UFC here, Luke. Uh, T-City and Yair, Mexican-Americans, but the love here, Luke, between them. Big, yeah. You know, uh, Yair from Mexico, Ortega, Mexican-American. I love the, the kinship, the brotherhood. This is after, fr or before Friday's ceremonial weigh-in. Um, the fact that they can be this much in love with each other like you and me and then go out there and just tear each other up. Yes, the difference is when I hug you like this, you usually uh, well, get the taser out you and tend say, to, help, I need an adult. You tend to jab me from behind with your penis, as as noted in the, in the famous hug. I hope when Jake puts together this documentary, if they ever let him, that he does a lot of time on that hug because it was uncomfortable. You know, It was very comfortable for me. I mean, the upper half was very... Loving man, broish yeah. man, love. You know, I see. I the bottom get, I half was like it was Puna Haley Soriano. <laughs> was, you know, what are you gonna do? I, yeah. I would, listen, if you were, if you were better about regular handshakes, which you never. You're do like, if you me. let me put my hands on your thigh more. No, it's not even that. You like BC doesn't like any kind of physical touch, even like bro physical touch. He hates it. So I, I had my one moment to get a hug in there, and then I decided to ratchet things up a little bit, but. It's only because you just, you just, you you hate, you can't stand another human. Like, watch. Well, it may, maybe See? the human is you in this He's like, case. You're, 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 okay. trying to put, you're, you're trying, trying to put a cat into like a, like a thing of water. That's him right there. Maybe it's not me. Maybe it's you, Luke. All, All right. right. Um, here's T-City getting loose before the main event, dancing with his teammate. Is that the Spaniard behind him? That's the Crip Walk, I think. No, no, the, the, the Juan Archuleta with him. Are they teammates, Luke? Yes, they trade Let's together. zoom in on here, please, uh, Long Island Luke in the back. Doing the old Serena Williams. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. little heel-toe action. Dude, I love me some Juan Archuleta, Luke. I do. Yeah, he's a fun dude. He really can't do the uh, heel-toe there a bit, but... Uh, do you like him in the flannel, walking into the arena with, with Tracy Cortez? Like I said, dude, does it work for me? No. But uh, I don't... 
I'm going to guess that Brian Ortega is considered by most cooler than me. Oh, yeah. I'm going, I'm going to imagine that that's a true thing. He's so. climbing my favorite fighter ranking, especially with Ioannis' retirement, really quick, Luke. So I'm going to I'm gonna say that whatever he wants to wear is probably okay. just fine. All right, Luke, let's go to the Burns bros, Gilbert and Herbert. Yeah. This is beforehand, before the fight, Luke, the tortilla challenge that the UFC was putting out. So what and the fuck is this? I've I seen this on social to, media. I, I'm a guessing their mouth is filled with water, and you have to try to— Boy, this is just how you spread COVID right here. You have to try to pop— <laughs> The other person's mouth, Luke, by slapping them. With right? a tortilla? Yeah. Don't you need like a bigger tortilla than that? That's like a little ass tortilla. I don't know much about tortillas, Luke, okay? Dude, you got, okay, so I learned this the hard way. There are obviously different sizes, but yeah. some can be a little bit subtle as you get bigger. When you make quesadillas, that's, see, that's hard to make a quesadilla with that one. You could do it, obviously, but it's a little hard. You need like the big joints, like the 12 inch joints, so you can fold it in half and yeah, then you the got a nice quesadilla. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, that was before, Luke. Here is after. This this picture made the rounds after that war Herbert Burns had, but came up empty against Bill Algio. Yeah. Um, he tore his knee. That was terrible. That was tough to watch there. But, but you know, he is his brother's keeper at the end of the day, Luke. And My I brother would, would just be like, uh, call an Uber. <laughs> I'm not going to help you. <laughs> Can we do a dot cam where, where, where we somehow track down your family and we get Jake in there to sit down and do, like, a real serious sit down about, like, he will not do that. Your brother and father will reject that. They, there's a 0.0. Even if they chance. came to his house. First of all, they'd call the cops. Uh, they're, they're, they're never going to do that. Wow. It's never going right, to. You could maybe, you. maybe get my sister to get involved, but you could never get my brother. Involved. All right. Let's go to Michelle Waterson, uh, Karate Hate. Didn't go her way in the cage that night, but two days before, Luke, she got her Times Square close-up. Let's zoom in here. So yes, we can... please. Let's definitely zoom in. <laughs> Uh, they love New York, Luke, and they're willing to tell the world they do. Yep. I love that city. Oh, wow. Which <laughs> because of this? Well, not just because of this. <laughs> I mean, this is kind of gross, Luke. There's some... Kind of gross. I that mean, there's on the some right, gross. That one on the right, I, you know, if I was 20 years younger. You ever you see can... the people that dress up like Spider-Man when they take their mask off to refill the water? Yeah, like when you see like Mario yeah. who takes his hat, you know, yeah, it's like, and you're like, oh, wow, that guy's just a regular dude who rides the bus or whatever. But yeah. The one on the right is, um, well, that's just my okay. kind of, uh, my real, kind of hair. Real's about to recognize Real, Luke. This was backstage at uh, some UFC event. Francis Ngannou Brandon and Ingram. New Orleans Pelican star Brandon Ingram, who, Luke, he's nasty. Well, I mean, the Lakers did trade him. I mean, Dude, he's, his numbers have just been skyrocketing. They've been better, he's yeah. good-ass good player, Luke, okay? I know that you don't give him the love. I like Brandon Ingram just fine. Okay. You're very lukewarm right there, Luke. All right. Uh, speaking of real recognizing real, Luke, how about MK Donk? He goes by S. Nick Diaz on Snick Twitter, Diaz. which is supposed to be Strikeforce version of Nick Diaz. Luke, he somehow trained with Tony Ferguson this week and showed up in MK gear and got a picture. Yeah, he's a hero of mine, this kid. Snick Diaz, my man. Look at that. That is. That, that you think Tony looked at that shirt and was like, what the fuck are you wearing? No, I, Tony doesn't seem like the kind of guy to, like, police what people wear. Okay. Do you think he remembers giving you that gift at, uh... I'm sure he does. Okay. It was, it was a little weird, but I'm down with it. It wasn't that weird, dude. We had... We, we go back, Tony and I. Okay. I'm into that. All right. Maybe one day I'll give you a gift, besides the gift I gave you by joining forces with you. COVID? 
<laughs> I've given one each that, I'll tell you that much. Uh, okay, uh, Luke, here's an incredible fight, fight week shirt from Yaya Rodriguez. You gotta have serious BDE to pull this off. Yeah, see, like if you or I wore this, they would Holy just arrest us for being a fucking cow. idiot. He can get away with it. Dude, Ortega typically wears great stuff like this. Can we zoom in on this, Long Island Luke? I mean, I wanna, do you think I can pull this This is off? like Jeff Wagenheim if he was on all the ass. Oh, yeah, if he just stopped caring anymore. Well, I mean, he doesn't care that much as it is, but you know, if he just stopped caring, Luke. Yeah, yeah I mean, here's the thing. It's like, yeah, is how however old he is, like what, 20 or something? 29, yeah. I think. It's like, dude, in five years, you can't do that anymore. Dude, it's just I, a little moment in time. Do you, you think do. RJ would get this on the site? A shirt like this? Yes. If right. we badgered him enough. All right. Yes. Thank you, RJ. Big fan of yours. All right. Luke, let's move on to some boxing. Golden Boy had the card in Los Angeles. Luke, look at the crazy eyes on Oscar. What do you think they're talking about? I don't even want to say. <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble. I, all I know is I one day want to have a conversation with you that produces that look, Luke, okay? What would I have to say? That the well, the, the watermelon vape truck is outside? And like with the Dude, if you had a watermelon vape that just had Delta 8 juice in it, uh, yeah. I might be the happiest man on earth. Filled with BBL liquids. Yes, that had been stored in that other lady's underwear. Yeah, okay, that got really gross right there. All right, let's keep it going. Luke. Look at the cameraman. He's like, Jesus. Uh, you know Grandma Habib, right? The UFC's biggest fan? She's oh, now she's crossing over into the box, Luke. God bless her. She showed up God bless her. for the Fight Week events. And look at Guy giving her love. That tattoo on his forearm looks excellent, by the way. Um, Who yeah. is it? Like, she just materialized out of nowhere. The UFC has embraced her. She seems, she she appeared in MK Doc Number 6 at the World MMA Awards. Did you I think that? I talked to her briefly. Jake interviewed her. She's yeah. got a little uh, moment. A little I think I talked to her very briefly. I didn't recognize her. I guess the, the fans did, but... Um, she seems like a sweet lady. I don't know what her bit is, but she loves, you know, loves combat, combat sports. sports. Yeah. Uh, Luke, Rye Guy comes out at the, people hate when I call him Rye Guy, by the way. Do you hate that? King Rye. King Rye came out at the uh, old Staples, the crypto.com to California Love. Did you like this entrance? Had a little extra pizzazz, I I thought. skipped the entrance. I went right to the fight. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. He showed his you know my. So I love that song. I think everyone does. You know who hates that song? My wife can't stand that song. And she goes, it's a terrible song. And I'm like, you're not the only person who thinks that. Like, everybody else loves that song. Watch when Daddy Yankee one day covers it. She'll be like, I love this song. She doesn't like Daddy Yankee either. But uh, I was surprised that she didn't like it. Have you ever met someone who didn't like California Love, like angrily didn't like no. it? Yeah, me neither. She's the only one. Yeah, I would say that's un-American, Luke, okay? I've told her that. I've told her that. <sighs> uh, sneaky body shot, as we mentioned here, from Ryan Garcia. Let's get a close-up look at it. This was in the fourth round that put Fortuna down. I mean, it could have ended the fight. It looked to be on the, on the money. But look how he just kind of snuck that in, Luke. Faked like he was going to go high and then went low. I love the little nuances that he's breaking out with Joe Goose. And seriously, the craft is improving, Luke. And that's... By the way, how about Fortuna spitting out the mouthpiece? Oh, yeah, veteran move. Total. I mean, I was like, you are such a dirtbag. But yep. it worked. It worked. He got a little more look time. At, look at just how he sneaks it in. Oh, yeah. Looking at his eyes the whole time, too. Luke. That is amazing. Love it. Love Beautiful it. Beautiful shot. A uh, uh, friend of this program, rate the swag on Showtime Sean Porter, who appeared on the DAZN broadcast over the weekend. I mean, we couldn't pull it off, Luke, but it's he definitely He definitely looks like Elliot Ness at happy hour. <laughs> Saw some Bagger Vance tweets. Um, you know, he definitely, uh, look, he can pull it off because he commits to it, and he has nice, yeah. they're all self-tailored. Is that what, the, what do they call that hat? Like the pork pie hat? Is that what they call uh, it? It could be. It could be. could be a old, uh, old Charlie Mingus. Yeah, again, dude, I don't, here's the thing. I don't know what's cool, so to me this looks absurd. Yeah. But I'm clueless, so I have no way of like really weighing in on this. Well, thing. speaking of absurdities, I'm clueless to whether 
any of these lifting videos are legit or not, or if they're cool. This is the Liver King, Luke, underwater. He's so fucking stupid. Now, you and our producer, Matt Snyder, were on a this text chain. This is just the dumbest shit. Does he have ab implants? Is that Yes, proven? he admitted it on the Full Send podcast. Oh, you he can't admit that implants. shit. You can't admit yes, that. Yes, which ancestral tenant is getting cosmetic surgery to make your abs look better? This, this, see, this is like seeing the guy behind the curtain. This is like finding out that my... Oh, you mean you're just now figuring out that the guy on Anabolics who has ab implants may or may not be an actual Instagram character and not a real person? My parents were Santa Claus. Just what? for my family, at least, my parents were actually Santa Claus. What do you mean? I found out after the fact, like in fifth grade, way too late. That yeah, you were... found out, like, comically late. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they, yeah, that's... Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, this like, dude is just—he's just, just, so fucking stupid. Yeah, I don't it's have really any respect stupid. For it. All right, let's go to legitimate stuff. Here's top-ranked boxing from Temecula. Meet me in Temecula. Here's Floyd Cashflow Diaz, Luke, walking out in LA Rams gear. Is this cool or lame as shit, Luke, for a boxing match? You know, it's a little bit. Uh, well, I mean, it's fucking stupid. But again. Dude, the, the youngs, they're going to do what they do, bro. They're just going to do I, I've kind of just like, to me, I can't tell the difference between an island boy and what's cool anymore. It okay. all is just jumbled together. All right. Uh, here's Cashflow himself, Floyd Diaz, in the ring, putting on a show, Luke scoring a spectacular knockdown en route to a six-round oh, TKO. look at that clean He can, he can right fight, there. Luke. He can fight. He's young as shit, too. Yeah, that dude, that, that is just nice. And if you call yourself cash flow, you 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 got to be hip and, and not, look at know. the timing on that. Yeah, oh. the hair too. The hair is a little wacky, right? You see the, the fading. Yeah, the hair. I don't mind the hair. It's crazy, but I like the I like the like the the verve. Okay, okay. Uh, Luke, here's the final round of the 140 pound main event between Arnold Barbosa and Danilito Zorija. This fight stunk until the final round. It ended up being a decision win for Arnold Barbosa, who called out Teofimo at 140, and they're thinking could be his next opponent. But finally, we got a little bit of action in that main event, which took place, Luke, in uh, Temecula. Yes, meet me, meet me there. There you go. So, all right, that's all I got. Oh, also on this undercard, you know Southpaw heavyweight Richard Torres Jr.? He won the silver medal in the 2020 Olympics, yeah. losing to that guy we saw in Showbox recently, right? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, here's him giving it to this guy, getting a first-round stoppage. Yeah, he was beating guy. the shit out of this kid. Yeah. So he got the thrills in the ring on Friday, stopping this poor chubby guy. En route to the Uber, Luke, that drove him to the arena. But on Sunday, Luke, he's going skydiving. Fucking A. I want to do this so bad. Yeah, we should do this together. Oh, and just that'd be a scream like bitches the whole that'd time. A, dude, so I don't want to have, like, a large man behind me unless it's, like, Jake with the camera. I think you have to tandem jump for your first one. What if we jumped together? Have you guys ever skydove? Sky what is skydive? What if we just put yeah. our lives in each other's hands and you, your dream of, of hugging me from behind without any interruption? Maybe I'll, I'll allow that. I wish I was more trained because I could have been that guy, but I think you actually have to. I think there are rules about this. I, I told you, I've done like fast roping, but I've never done anything like this. All right, Lou, our L of the week goes to this pizza chef. Let's watch his story play out in real time. He's just jizzing his pizza or something. Okay. Oh, boy. Come on, get a handle on that. I mean, what the Get fuck are we doing? <laughs> oh, God, what a waste of some. Oh, boy. Look, oh, God. Okay. <laughs> I hope the house burned down and then the mouse ate everything. What a stupid piece of shit. First of all, turn the oven off, you fucking Okay, uh, just so you know, I'm totally eating that if it falls in that situation. I'm totally okay, picking I, that up off okay, the floor. Okay, if I was sober, no. But if I was drunk and that's all I had, you bet your 
If you were Hasselhoff working that. the audio on your own live chat, you would totally eat that. Yeah, indeed. All right. You, you have a lot of comments about my channel, which to this day still has significantly more subscribers than this channel. Then, then just out. ignore the hate. You know what I mean? Okay. I just want to point out, you, 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 got, you get real salty about it. The you day I real... make a Reddit page about your channel is the day we break up. Okay. Probably. Have I done that? Probably. Have I done that? You're uh, probably doing it after the show. Let's head out to the old baseball field. Luke, here's Packers running back A.J. Dillon. <laughs> Running right through the Kenosha Kingfist mascot. Can we zoom Dude, in, please? Dude, he just blows his fucking helmet right Good off. Good Lord. Bah! Oh, yeah. That's a long-distance phone call, Doug. Yeah, dial M for murder. Look at this. Remember yes. Terry Tate, office linebacker? Yep. Damn. Uh, staying with the baseball theme, check out this MLB fan risking it all for the foul ball. Oh, oh, I hope you got a good fucking orthodontist, bitch. Yeah. Oh, we may need, may need new glasses after that, too. Damn. Looked like Derek Jeter diving into the Fenway Park that time. Yeah, Remember? Jeter, except Yankee he would have caught it. Yeah. Don't, don't dead wrong me, Yankee fans. I don't care. Uh, let's go to this <laughs> Cubs fan, Luke. Look at him with the with the large letter typing. He was caught in mid. Handsome and so good. You are precious. I want to spank. This guy oh. caught shooting his shot in, in, in real time here at the game. Do you have respect for him? Dude, wait, 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 go back. Oh, fuck. What was the name? Hold it. The name was Amy something? Boy, Amy's about to get it. Yeah. <laughs> Amy, Amy Lester's about to get about to get that work. Yeah, but call this guy Mo, By the way, right? this, guy's got grayer hair. this guy's got grayer hair than me. It's like, Jesus, old man here is 70 with balls down to his knees. Hey, you know who has large texts like that? Their font? Raul Marquez, you want to call out our, our, our teammate right there? His, just like, the whole phone is, like, one letter. Dude, you know, like, old men, here's what old men still do, and I know this because my dad comes over all the time now. They they got the big-ass text. Oh, yeah. They have flip a, phone. They have a, sometimes, well, my dad just got an iPhone. My dad just dropped his flip phone, finally. Okay. Just got an so iPhone. My dad, but the phone case is big enough where they can fucking put it on their oh, belt God, in the yeah. front. And, dude, they don't. They're, they have an audible ring on the oh, phone. Full, turn, full volume ring. Full volume ring. And they will interrupt any yes. any situation. You could be at a funeral and they'll be like, oh, I got to take Hello? this outside. Yep. Hello? No, I didn't pay my water bill yet. I'll pay it later. Uh, dude, like, I, it's sad to retell the story because it was one of my best friends who died. But at his wa uh, okay, wake. Okay, well, this is a terrible. At his wake, there was a guy who showed up and he took a call in the line. He was second in line, second from the, from the casket. And he took a call and was like, Yo, I'm at a wake. I gotta call you back. No, I can't hear you. I gotta call you back. And like the whole crowd was just like, "Oh my god!" Dude, but that is... he kind of looked like a like a like he may have been. Um... Yeah, but the thing is, a person who does that. No, he may have been a mafia member as well. Yeah, well, also like the person who does that is probably also not long for this world. Yes, yes. Like they're so fucking stupid that they will win a Darwin Award there within a year themselves. Uh, errant practice swing time. Uh, look at this kid trying to take a life, Luke. Let's see. All right. Got a big old fat coach. Yep. He's got that mask on just in case of COVID, Luke. But you better watch out for that. Bah! Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, boy. Look, he, pop, he popped right back up, though, Luke. We're fine. Nothing to see here. He's probably bleeding underneath that, that COVID mask. I mean, just. I'm bleeding inside my chest. Wow. Damn. All right. Uh, Luke, I know I said I would never show this guy hold again. Hold on. Hold on. Go back. We'll roll it one more time. Yo, watch the, re watch the umpire who walks across the screen. Look at the tattoos on this fucking umpire. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> my man is working the Little League because after getting out of prison, he ain't got shit else to do. Dude, Look at that. The dads that would be like the assistant coach and they'd be like the third base coach in my Little League, 100% yeah. of the time smoking cigarettes. The entire, like not even a So thought. let me ask you a question as a non-tattoo guy. Who would you fear more? A guy who's got tats like this or a guy who's got like, uh, let's say a Japanese full sleeve? In the 90s, 
anybody from the tattoo under your elbow or above your neck, that means that they've done jail time and they've killed the man. Yeah. But nowadays, I'd probably go with the full Japanese guy. See, I'd be the opposite. If you've got the full sleeve, that means you're actually, yeah, first of all, it's expensive. Oh, no, it's expensive, hard to get, you know, takes time, real yeah. commitment. It's the ones that have like the Harley Davidson fucking like, pieces all How about the way I up. just don't mess with people? That's my mind. By the way, I know this one's all on pieces too, but I'm going to fill it all in eventually, and then this one's going to be a full That's what you full, say, Luke. Um, I know I wouldn't show. I'm another one in September. I know I wouldn't. I said I would never show this guy in the show again, but I'm only making an exception because he's got a message for you since we we're just coming off of late June here, Luke. Let's, let's, let's watch I this. I hate this piece of shit. <laughs> How has he not died yet? <laughs> Zoom in. Please, you got to see this. It's great, Luke. This one's for you, LT. Dude, fuck this guy. <laughs> I'm sure he lives alone, Luke. I mean, it's got to be, right? Hey, Luke, look at that. Happy Father's Day from Tuki and this guy, Luke. I, I genuinely hope that he gets hit by a bus after this. All right, uh, wheel kick of the week, Luke. Let's go to the mosh pit. This could be your band here. Cannibal Crunch? Let's watch this. Dude, look at this fat kid. Oh, oh shit. Blow that up. Blow wow. that up. Is that, Terry, that up. is that Terry Adam in the crowd? Look, yo, look at this. Who's to say, yo, this man, my man's just shot putting in there. Bah, <laughs> take that, bitch. Hold that. Is that a concert at a record store? Luke? Dude, this is why I can't stand, like, mosh pit motherfuckers. Yeah, they're the worst. They're the worst. They're, they're almost as bad as frat boys, Luke, you know? Do people know, because I, I go to concerts where people mosh and shit, and I've, you know, I've done a little bit of it in my time. It's lame but as it's shit. But it's lame as shit. It's, it's so lame. It's lame. Yep. Uh, Luke, the USPS out here making demands. I think this is not just an instruction on how to, you know, tailor to your life, but but really, you know, even deeper. Luke, let's see. Let's zoom in on here. Please trim your bush so I can better service your body. <laughs> There's a lot of life lessons in there, Luke, right? Let me tell you something. If they put that in there, I'd laugh. First of all, I'd laugh. And then I'd call their fucking <laughs> You'd call their HR department. There you go. All right. Hey, Luke, you know that old saying, there's no such thing as a free lunch? I think that applies here, too, to this picnic. <laughs> My man, Joe. Yeah. God. Can hey, we get Uncle Jerry off hey, the let's, bike, Let's invite please? the asshole who just ruins <laughs> everything. All right. Uh, Luke, check out the head this old guy gives to save a young fan. you got to love it here. Can we zoom in? Oh, look at Lex Luthor out there saving lives, Luke. You ever have to give head to Boy, save a life? could he be redder from all the beer he drank <laughs> before getting in there? He's fired up with adrenaline. Look at this. This guy's a hero. So Europe is a little bit like South America in that you they don't serve beer at the games. So what everyone does is before and after they get liquored up like motherfuckers. Yeah. Look at this guy. How Our many, new camera guy is like, yeah, bro, I know that. How know many that vodka fucking tonics is this guy deep in? Oh, yeah. This? You ever give head to save a life, Luke? You know, I like this show, but if you got fired, I wouldn't cry. Okay, all right. Luke, uh, no elder abuse. Unfortunately, that video didn't materialize. We'll have to save that for next week. But, Luke, nature giveth and taketh away in equal measures. Check out the gorilla in this first one, Luke. Not that guy. That's not a gorilla. That's an orangutan. Sorry, Luke. I'm, I'm not up on my primates. You know what orangutan means? It means person of the forest. Okay. Yo, their grip Don't strength. Don't mess with them. Do not mess yeah, with them. Yeah, their motherfucking grip strength. They look like they're fat, lazy pieces of shit. Yep. Their grip strength is like nine or ten dudes. And Something like Mike insane. Bone, they're a little handsy. They're, and their, their feet are handsy. Okay. Look at that shit. They got opposable thumbs like Yeah, a you're going to need the zookeeper to help you out. Maybe a tranquilizer. Let's move on to this guy uh, uh, going right past the uh, the sign from the coach and, and sliding directly into second base, Luke. 
Well, that's a little bit uh, creepy. I don't know if we can show this legally. <laughs> I just I figured, you know, it's better to ask for forgiveness, right? He is a, he is a primate at yep. the end of the day. This yep. is me and my wife, basically. <laughs> okay, Luke, let's time to play Rate That Tat. Let's zoom in on heat guard Tyler Hero, Luke. Are these, is this tat a hero or a zero? It's a zero. Oh, uh, wow. It's, it's no work, no check. Like, here's one thing to pay attention to from now on. Pay attention to wow. how often aspirational uh, with clouds or some kind of eyes in this particular case, you see it, or with like lettering that way that athletes have. So like they'll often have like clouds and then like their friends' names or yeah. the clouds and then like some kind of like no pressure, no diamonds. This is some RG3 goofball shit. Dude, so. I think it looks pretty cool with that red. It almost looks like blood. Well, it, the, the, it's paid for. Yeah, it's, it's like a, it's like that part of it is sort of well applied, but that is really bad. But that works for us too, Luke. We don't work our asses off on here. We don't get paid. That's true for every motherfucker on planet every Earth, week. dude. That's true. So for you're like, I don't, I don't need that on my chest. It's you know, I don't need a tattoo on titty. That's already, that's already a default in my life. See, here's the, here's the question you always have to ask yourself when you get a chest piece like this, and he's got 2000, which I'm sure is the year he was born because everyone's doing that now. Uh, is do you color the nips? See, some people color the nips. Imagine if you colored your nips bright white. It's a little. That's a little. Um, or the God Butcher type nonsense. Okay, uh, let's move on to the next tat that we can have Luke, the Simon Cowell of tattoos, right? Let's zoom in. Luke, this is Live Love Loco, combining many of your favorite things in one, Luke. So he's got a heart around a Taco Bell and four Loco tattoos. And it's an ass tat. This is everything you love, Luke, in one, all right? Boy, this guy, can you imagine the hemorrhoids that a guy like this has had <laughs> time over time? And he's got a, uh, he's got a, uh, a Rambo tattoo on his um, yeah. like hamstring or something. Not that well done. Yeah, though. I mean, everything about this tattoo is terrible. First of all, look at the lettering on the four. See it? It's like... <laughs> you're actually breaking down the technical well, it's part like, of it. I mean, It's if a freaking four local thing. I've seen ironic tattoos that were still really well done. Yeah. My man here was just drunk one time. I was like, you know what? Let's go to the drive-thru and then just get a fucking tattoo about it. Behind the dumpster yeah. at Taco Bell. Let's get a tattoo and do some whippets. That's really what happened here. We got one more tat to rate, Luke. Uh, speaking of face irony, let's zoom in. This is the uh, guy that goes by, I think, Codeine Face. Um, yeah. Well, uh, I hope you have a job at all, is really what I would Those, say. That could be a prison wall. This is what it. I'm getting at. I mean, do you look at the, go back, blow it up one more time. Just, 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 just humor me for a second. Yeah. The bottle cap, all fucked up. Bottle shape, all fucked up. Lettering, where it says eight fluid ounces, all fucked up. Lettering, but when he was it was it promethazine, promethazone, whatever it's called, with codeine and cough syrup, all fucked up. Like you didn't even get it well applied. Look at the labeling, how it dips underneath, right on top of the M E F. I think this guy's got a lot of problems that are heavier than than the technique of this tattoo. All right, but I'm just saying, like, if you're gonna get that shit on your face, like, at least pay uh, someone who's good at it to do it. Yeah. Luke, another day, another ridiculous John Daly outfit showing up on Have You Seen This Shit? I figured you'd enjoy this, Luke. I do love John Daly. Look at this fucking American hero. He's like a drunk Santa Claus full time, right? Drunk. I mean, he's got every liver disease. What are those disease. pants? Can you imagine how much he struggles to take a dump every day? <laughs> it's so he hasn't dry. Had, he hasn't had fiber since 1978. <laughs> he's just nothing but tar and fucking. All right, because. Dude, and you know what? You know what I love about him? It's like, yo, hey, John, you want to hang out? No. It's like, I got vapes. All right, I'll hang out. <laughs> His commitment to abusing substances has to be on the level of Tiger's commitment to abusing women. Do you think they've broke out over this? I don't really want to comment um, at all. Okay. So. All right. Somebody had to be the adult in the room.
Can we move on to the next slide? Here we go. Let's watch. Finally, people, let's Luke, watch people get gore. You play stupid games, you get stupid prizes. We're playing this stupid game right now. Have you seen this shit? And here's your prize, Luke: a lady getting gored. I mean, what do you want from this Dude, bull? These dumb motherfuckers. And this bull is like how old? Like a year or two? Just fucking these honkies up. She she did make it back to the safe zone, Luke. Ah. Yeah, take that L. Uh, let's go over to a sport that you were world ranked, I believe, as a teenager. Squash. I wasn't world ranked. You I were was good, though. I was okay. You were competitive. And it was racquetball. It wasn't squad. Oh, oh. Oh, boy. We'll show you the door, sir. Apparently, you found it. Okay, there you go. No, no. This is, uh, that's not squash. That's pickleball. I mean, it's all the same. No, it's down. definitely Luke, not. You know? Squash is a tough-ass sport. This what is game were you ranked in? Racquetball. And you were regionally good for I, your age. For my weight class, for weight about class? a two- or three-month period, I was number one in my weight class and if, my age. It's by weight? Sorry, what am I saying? Weight class. Age, age, age. Youth sports. Hmm. Pennington James apparently loves pickleball, according to Manich. Yeah, great. That's I don't give a fuck about his life. One more for you on the stupid game, stupid prize. This is our final clip of the week, Luke. Watch this play out. So there's a guy on the sidewalk. He figured, you know what? Let me mess with some cars today. Okay, where is the 773 area code? Let's see. Okay, Luke, here we go. He threw a rock. Connection. Connects with the Chicago. white car. This is Chicago. Okay. Oh, shit. Oh, motherfuck, what? Oh, oh God, wow. Tag, you're it. Now, he did get up and walk away, which means this will not be on Faces of Death 13 on VHS, but it will be on Have You Seen This Shit. That's... Bro, they're worried about guns in Chicago. Yeah. Fuck that. They're handing out receipts here, you know what I mean? Jesus you, Christ, you my wanna... man is just like, yo, not today. Dude, I I hate thinking back when we were like 10. This is what we did. We'd try to like throw rocks at a car and then yeah, run but as I fast didn't, as you can. If the cars came at you, you ran. This you motherfucker ran, was yeah. just like, I dare you. He's like, okay, okay. I will. Uh, I'll meet you halfway. All right, Luke. That's the shit of the week. I don't I don't get the feeling you enjoyed it. You know I love I mean? this. This is one of my favorite segments. Okay. Uh, right. And look at exactly one o'clock. So we we finished on time. Okay. Perfect job. Uh, that is it for us today. I want to thank everyone for watching. We have many more things to record today, so we're going to get out of here pretty quickly. But uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. If you want to reach the show, morningcombat at gmail.com, Wednesdays fan subs, Fridays dead wrong, and if you just want to reach the producers for whatever reason, that's the place to do it. Showtime.com, 30-day free trial. If you like it, you can keep it. If not, you can go fuck yourself. And then uh, morningcombat.store. Do you want to shout out any of our fans, like Appy over in France, David Appleton? Do we call him Appy now? He calls himself that in that song that he created. He calls himself Appy? Where he put a picture of... Appy is the person who shows up Appy. at Applebee's to get yeah. all the appetizers. Do you remember that video where he put a picture of um, Ghislaine Maxwell's uh, guy, Epstein, over his face? Then he put a picture of Cosby we over should, his face? We should, we should uh, move on. We should move on from that. That seems like a very regrettable choice that we all okay. made. Okay. <laughs> Let's just end it. Let's just end it right now. Uh, but we appreciate you guys tuning in. We have a ton of stuff we're going to be recording for today that will be released in the next couple of weeks, so stay tuned for yeah. that. And uh, anything else? No. no. I got to whiz really bad. I got to piss, too. All right. Yeah. For Brian Campbell, for Mocha, for CBS Sports, for Showtime, I'm Luke Thomas. We'll see you folks on Wednesday. And until then, may all your gains be loyal.